Hey, this is Aaron Conley. I make uh, Sabertooth Swordsman, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock's Comics. <laughs> Man, was that smooth. Like x lax Downhill from here, dude. Yup, two gallons. Two gallons. Dude, that fucking thing's coming. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shit, they're my size. <laughs> we, I don't think we got to see enough of the brown on the backside of the car. Or the splatter on the shirt. Yeah. Because if you're letting loose with two gallons of diarrhea, it's not going to be a bit rounding up. It's still a gallon and a half. It's a lot of poop. <laughs> it's a lot of guilt. I, w- I would love to have gone. He's going to be chasing Saturday Red Raw for a while. Well, yes, then they got all dressed up to the go time. Where the fuck did you come from? It sounds like a cat. Jesus. Now you're my friend. Riding a hummingbird. Nice. <laughs> hey, it's better than the dress. <laughs> Is it not? Sure. Jason, you better get uppity because you're very, uh, very quiet no, here. Slow. I don't like that. I'm, dude, I'm good. I'm, I'm trying to find something. Actually, I, I, I meant to have it ready for our intro, and I forgot. So I'm, I'm feverishly looking on my phone to try and find it. Oh, relevancy. That's what you're looking for. I'm trying to be relevant. Right. So give me a second. <laughs> All right, we can we can just just vamp riff, yeah. vamp, jazz hands. Ah, Dude, speaking of jazz hands, I watched Whiplash this week. Wow, is that a good movie? That's what I hear. I need to see it. What that is? Uh, it's a uh, J.K. Uh, Simmons won the Oscar this year. He plays a uh, absolutely dickhead of a uh, a jazz teacher and conductor. And, uh, basically it takes place in, in a school, uh, that's a proxy for Juilliard. It's supposed to be the best music school in the country. And mm-hmm. this kid's a freshman and is a drummer. And there's all these different groups within the school, but there's the, there's the top group, which is the competitive group. And that's what this, that's what J.K. Simmons is in charge of. And all this kid wants out of life is to be a drummer and make this team. And he makes the team, I'm not spoiling anything because I mean, it's the plot. He makes the team right away. But J.K. Simmons just is the fucking worst, like, horrendous person. Like, he just, he just berates and belittles and, and, and verbally assaults the kids under his tutelage. Um, and, uh, probably made him better musician. Well, that's, that's sort of the, the undercurrent of the, of the idea of the film. But, uh, but it's pretty fantastic. I have to say it's, it's like nothing I've ever seen. Uh, is this a movie with Keenan in it? Keenan. Yeah. Keenan Ivory Wayans? No, the kid that's on SNL, Keenan. No. What's Keenan Thompson? He's not in that? No. Oh. Woo! None of a comedy. It's a fucking serious drama. Mashed potatoes. my dick right in the mashed potatoes. Hey, everybody, it's 11 o'clock comics. That's not what I need yet. Well, that's okay. We can, we can do it slowly. Episode 358. Ah, what a long, strange trip it's been, and I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. It's true, you are David A. Price. How how are you, David? You know what? I am. I think I'm all right. I uh, good. Yeah, good. it's it's um, it was a nice warm day, and uh, just in time for some 
fucking snow. More snow. <gasps> pig mouth. I think in in this case it's it's an order. It, you have to be at pig mouth when you're talking about the snow. I'm ready. It's just. <laughs> and who else we got with this? Johnny, come lately. Go. Disappointedly, although not really, I'm Doctor Theodore Geisel. No, you're not. We are so <laughs> underwhelmed. <laughs> no, I, here's the thing. Here's okay. the thing. All right, uh-huh. I'm gonna break it down for you. So, uh, it's the 25th anniversary of Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. True. Yes. So I came home last night and my lovely wife was reading said book to Holden, our son, as you know, for the listeners. And I sat in on the book and it was a wonderful book. And there was this awesome, like 10, 10 named person toward the end of the book. And I made a mental note, like, oh, that's who I'm going to be this week. But then in my haste to get down here and reboot the computer and get everything going, I forgot to grab the book. And so I was hoping to find the name online to be it, but I, for the life of me, no. can't find it. So, ergo, Beth, I defaulted to Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Beth reads that book to me. <laughs> yes, she does. She's got what you want to go tonight. Right. Well, it's in the book. All the places Let's you'll go. It. Smack. That's right. She's Traveling so, packs and we do it from the back. She's so cute. No, you're not Dr. Seuss. <laughs> You're Jason Wood, everybody. And you don't have to be a rhyming demon to get low prices on your favorite funny books and collectibles. All you got to do is go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, and you will find massive, tremendous discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles, such as the new list is up, and man, are the specials awesome. From Oni, Oni Press. They're giving it another go around. Thank God. Written by Rick Spears. James Callahan is the artist. It's the return of the auteur. Now, if you're paying attention, who gave this, well, who gave this the tie for best miniseries of 2014? This guy. Uh, this one's called, you guys still there? Cause I can't hear you. Yep. That guy right there. We heard you, buddy. We're waiting for you to get okay. through the spot there. <laughs> This one's called The Auteur, colon, Sister Bambi, number one. It's another miniseries. Cover price $3.99. Your price, $1.99. David might be interested in this next one. From Dynamite. Dynamite. It's a, it's an omnibus, actually, written by Mr. Matt Wagner. Huh. And illustrated by Wilfredo Torres. It's $29.99 cover price, but your price is $14.99, and it is The Shadow. Yes. Year One Omnibus. It's a good story. It's a trade, yeah, it's a trade paperback. And Wagner did the cover, too, which is awesome. So get on that. This next deal is unheard of. From Valiant, it is really the Valiant. It. It, is, it is the Valiant, written by Jeff Lemire and Matt Kent, illustrated by Paulo Rivera. Now get this. The people at Valiant have decided that $9.99 is a fair price for this four-issue miniseries. And at that, it would be a steal. But at Discount Comic Book Service, you can get the entire trade paperback collection of the Valiant for a dollar more than you would have paid for a single issue in the comic shops. $4.99. That's insane. It is insane. It's crazy. So get on this, people dcbservice.com the absolute best you so good yeah i know you so good not bad bro right 
So, any, any thank you, shout outs, anything like that? I'd just like to say uh, thank you to everybody that put up with the audio issues last week. They loved and you for it, dude. And thank you for the yeah. editing role, uh, work that you had to do. Uh, it was. There was a, a little bit of work to be done, but oh, you know what? David's fault. I had extra, uh, no, I had pig mounts abound. I had extra time because we had the extra day. So I said, I'm going to pretty this up as best I can. And I did. And I think it worked out all right. I think so. Pay it, pay it forward. You hooked it up, brother. I did. You did. Well, let's see if you can do it twice. I have something um, odd that I'm drinking for this week. Nice. Damn, so let right? me give a shout-out real quick first. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready for the drink roll call, but Jason's like, no, hold, hold your roll, son. Uh, happy birthday to our boy, Scotty Young. Yes. yes. And congratulations to Scotty and his lovely wife, Casey, who uh, on their upcoming number two baby. He had the sex twice. Multiple times with the sex. And what is that? Good for him. I wish I was having the sex. You don't have you a couple could, of kids, Vince. You could draw like Scotty. Um, the sex is just gravy. Well, and we're seeing like Casey. Which, this is true, too. So He's got it made. Beautiful wife, awesome kid, one on the way, draws like a bastard. I hate him, yep. but I love him. Cool dogs. If I wasn't yeah. me, I'd be jealous of him. That's true. <laughs> Amazing. <dude. laughs> so what else? Do you do you have an actual shout? No, that was the shout. That was the shout out. Awesome. Um, drink roll call. I have, in addition to a Yingling, because there's one bottle left. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking something called. I'm gonna screw this up. Mm-hmm. Linen Kugels. Yeah, Linen Kugel. Mm-hmm. Snowdrift Vanilla Porter, which oh, I thought okay. was appropriate for what we got going on. And it has vanilla, Mr. Paw, Mr. Mute Button. Um, <laughs> carefully brewed by the Linen Kugel family for five generations. I don't know if I'm actually digging it. The vanilla seems to be a little strong. At least to, to this mouth. I don't like citrus in my beer. And I guess I'm discovering that I'm not really crazy about vanilla either. I didn't know Lining Kugel made a vanilla. I, when you said Lining Kugel, I thought you were immediately going to say the uh, Summer Shandy, which is the lemon-flavored beer. Ugh, I would never do no, that. No, I actually no. like that in the summertime. I think it's great. But I don't know about the vanilla. At one time at C2E2, when we were all back at that restaurant, I don't believe it was C2E2 now that I think about it. It was New York City. Where we all went to the restaurant underneath the Empire State Building. Heartland Brewery. Yeah, Heartland Brewery. And they're all like, oh, get this. This is awesome. It was a orange peel something. I was like, uh, this thing tastes like puke to my mouth. It really does. Shock I just, I just don't like citrus in my beer. Sorry. It's all good. But dude. this, this is kind of tasty. It's just that I can't get my mind off the vanilla. It's hard. Vanilla is such a distinct flavor. Yeah, right. It can be, it can be overpowering. Mm-hmm. No, the white man. Spin, spin the table. What are you drinking, Jason? I am drinking Sterling Vineyards Napa Valley Anniversary Blend. Hmm. You'd be on that Sterling tip. Yeah, I'm all over it. I'm all on it. In fact, uh, last night the wife informed me that we were pretty much running low on the Reds. And what with the upcoming blizzard that we're gonna have again, I uh, thought, oh, I'm gonna stop and get some some uh, some grape on the way home. 
So I did, but I went to the local place, which isn't so good because it was right near my where I parked. Is that the place you took me? Oh. No, no. Oh. So, so, it, so they don't have much of a selection. So you gotta like, you know, there's maybe three or four bottles even worth buying. So I, I picked, uh, just two bottles up from there. Little emergency stash. But what a good wife. I come home and the woman went yeah. to the, she went to the store and picked up two cases like a boss woman. <sighs> so I went from what I was going to drink to Sterling and I'm very happy. Nice. Mm-hmm. What you drinking, David? Uh, I am having some menage a trois midnight. Mmm. That's dark. Nice dark and red. Just like that time of the month. And the, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> heavy flow. I, I figured I'd, I, because I put on my, uh, menage a trois cap while I was, uh, getting rid of some of the snow in the driveway before we get more snow. So I figured it was fitting. It is fitting. And the hat fits, so. Cool. Well, if you pay attention, you know that we like to mess around on the Facebooks. A little bit. Yeah. And during one of our recent Facebook escapades, Jason suggested that we take a little bit of a deeper than usual dive into the previews catalog. Well, wait, is Jason ready? He's born ready, dude. Uh, well, I, come on, son. All right, Dr. Seuss, but I'm just saying. Oh, shit. It's like, like that. Dude. I'm Damn. I rushed to get mine done. Vince did. I was, you know, oh, we didn't, we didn't touch goes. base, so I wasn't sure if, if you were good to go. He's got. He's got to say, I rushed. Yeah, I know. To get done. <laughs> I did. I did. did. I, I, come? I stopped reading shit so I could do this. Oh, so this damn. is all, you know. So because you're awesome, David. I don't know about that. You and we love you so Whatever. much. But so J- Jason said, you know what? We don't usually do this, but what the, what that really means is that these other two guys are catching up to me because. I pick the uh, items for the DCBS intro every month, so basically yeah. I do it every I do it every no, month. No, it's true. But do it every week, we're gonna. Much. Well, I mean, yeah. it's true. So, <laughs> How about so long story gonna, short, we're going to pick something from previews that we think you will check out. This is dude. This we is got things, we, we got three hours. This is thing, can, I still I, I have twenty eight issues of fucking Alias to get through. We have <laughs> we have things that we're going to go through previews. We're going to each pick one or two things. Let you know these are things we haven't even tried yet. And in a few months when they come out, we'll talk about it, whether or not they were hits or misses. But we just want you to know, hey, these are things we are on the lookout for. You might as well, instead of us being all reactive and saying, hey, this is four issues long and, and I just read it. Right. And, or, and to give, or, oh, go ahead, go ahead. It, we could be, um, highlighting something with which we're very familiar and we think they should be too. So I guess Vince but, didn't pick a first issue then. Um, I, I kind of did not, but I kind of did. Go ahead. The inspiration for this was um, just a recognition that really is a, a as a uh, an extension of just how awesome our listener base is, right? Which is, you know, we often talk about how unbelievably flattering it is that we'll be at a con or someplace we'll come across a creator, or we'll be talking to them, you know, maybe pre or post an interview, and almost inevitably something will be said to the effect of, "Oh, you know, wow, I was at this con, and I was just." I'm bombarded by people that say they heard of my stuff because of you guys or, oh, you know, my, my, my book sold a ton because of you guys. I have to thank for that. And, and every time we hear it, I think we almost don't believe it, right? Cause it seems so ridiculous that we, that our three crazy asses could actually help move units. But, but, but it does seem, especially for books that are not already 
you know, big books, uh, we, we can happily have some, some influence. But what I was thinking about is that we, I think we often hear feedback in terms of like collected editions, right? We'll, we'll talk about something on the show and then someone will say, Oh, you know, I ordered it from Amazon or DCBS or in stock and it was great, which is awesome. And, and I, I love that. And I think we want that to continue certainly, but we've had a few conversations, um, with, with comic friends of late creators and it, it kind of served as a reminder that although the industry is healthier than it's been in years and although things are generally awesome right now, there is still a decent chunk of the creator owned small press world that really do need these single issues to sell at least, at least well enough to make it worthwhile to keep going until the trade sales can pick up. And, you know, we've heard some stories of late of, of a couple uh, books that we like that are not moving enough single units to, um, to, to sustain. Uh, and that's disappointing because the quality's there. So I just thought, as you said, Vince, like, wouldn't it be great if, you know, once a month or whenever we feel like it after previews comes out or the solicits come out just to, to shout a couple things out that, uh, are floating each of our boats. And again, we each could take our own path here. I'm going to try and highlight things that are non big two. Um, and probably, yes. probably not much image either, just because I think they do a great job of promoting their stuff. Um, but As did I. yeah, just stuff that I think is likely to be missed by people either because they don't read previews or, uh, because previews is a really, really massive catalog each month and stuff slips through the cracks even if you peruse every page like Vince and I do. So. And right. now what is, what is the issue number on this previews? Just so they can I think. I don't know. Yeah, 318, I think. Just so they can play along at home. This stuff is, is, uh, solicited now for shipment in May. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Now, Dave, what will you say? Uh, yes, you two do pour over the previews every month and, and be, like Vince likes to remind everybody how much we love you. Uh, I am, I picked up a previews for the first time and I don't know how many months to do this. Yes, sir. That's because you're, that's because you're awesome. It feels good, doesn't it, to look through the previews? It, yes. And, uh, actually I was more <laughs> excited about the, uh, like, like the trading cards and the statues at the end because that, that was almost like a, um, like an addict who, who, who thought he was clean. Mm-hmm. Because as I'm looking through the cards, I'm like, oh, I remember buying boxes of shit and trying to make sets. And I, I, it's not something I can do now, but it, I had a little bit of that feeling and, uh, but no, it was, it, and it was neat still. I mean, it, it's previews. It, it's the same as it ever was. So I'm going to have to go through my cards because I must have thousands of the original Star Trek, the next generation sets. You know, the ones that had the holograms in them. Yeah. Th- there was the, uh, I, I, sky- I bought, yeah, Skybox. I bought tons of that stuff. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. Just to get the holograms. Yeah. There were TNG and, uh, an original series. They, they... Oh, I would never get to give the original. <laughs> no. You can have, you can have the next generation. That's cool. <laughs> I, I didn't play by the rules. Oh. Surprising. I, yeah. I, I did not do single issues. Oh, no. That's uh, not a, that's not a rule. No. Okay. But, but looking at my picks here, none of them are big two. So, okay. I'm in the zone. Yeah. What do you have first, Jason? Uh, well, for me, uh, IDW's Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, uh, number one of five, 
Uh, I, should we give the code? The code is uh, MAR March uh, 150340. Uh, so you guys know this because um, I even have a tattoo to prove it, but uh, Douglas Adams uh, is my favorite author of all time. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is, uh, and the related uh, follow-on novels I've read umpteen times collectively. I love them. And Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency is his other series. Um, and unfortunately, uh, he passed away before he really got to uh, fully realize that series. But in any event, uh, what we did get, I enjoyed tremendously. And I feel like it's much less known and appreciated than his Hitchhiker's stuff. So I was pretty surprised and uh, excited to see that IDW has acquired the license and is going to put out a limited series of said books. So uh, I would love it if folks uh, play along and give the first issue a try. I will do that. Cool. David. Uh, you know what? I'm going to grab a couple of codes. I did not do that part. So you go I first, Vince. I, all right. There's... When I chopped uh, the page apart to uh, stick the image of this thing into my Evernote, I did not include the code. But I can give it's you all the codes. F- I have the uh, the spreadsheet open, so okay, right, it's good. on the fan. It's on the Fantagraphics page. Um, this man is um, as large, larger than life on the paper as well as in the real world. He is a trip and a half. I've never hung with him, but I, I really want to. He takes his namesake. From the villain in one of my favorite movies of all time, Mystery Men. Dude's name's Casanova Frankenstein. Ah, ah. And, and um, Fanagraphics is collecting what was originally released in single issues from, I believe, Iconographics. I think mm-hmm. I can I can dig them up. Um, the book is called The Adventures of Tad Martin, number six six six. By Casanova Frankenstein. It's 66 pages, $6.66. See where they're going with this? Um, six and a half by 10 inches. And the solicit reads, Casanova Frankenstein reclaims the confessional autobio comic book and transcends the well-worn shock of self-exploitation. He demonstrates the raw power of the comic book form by dissolving genre tropes and reader expectations. you got to see this guy in real life. He is amazing. Uh, the ink bears witness to the allness of life, the ambiguity and the messiness, and does not define any one thing in order to manipulate or steer your emotions. This is the language of the heart. I have one issue, though, with the cover. I remember the ladies having nipples, and I guess Fanagraphics thought it prudent to excise the nipples for the, the cover of this trade paperback. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, uh, I love the way he draws, and I'm down for this. Look him up online, Casanova Frankenstein. He's 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 a cool dude. Nice. Draws like a bastard too. Very loose. He's got a Kurtzman-esque um, vibe to his art sometimes. Um, very very underground feel, indie underground. Um, yeah, it's 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 great stuff. Do it. Do it. Uh, let's see. The first thing I found was. Um Something that really kind of stood out to me. Um, it's a, uh, it is from Boom and it is, uh, it's the first issue, Arcadia number one. Um, and it's, uh, it's 
it's another one of those um his post apocalyptic uh human humankind is wiped out by a pandemic uh people are saved but they're basically in the cloud they're being digitized and uh Ooh. and yeah it just it it seemed to tickle a few fancies for me uh it is written by uh Alex Packnadel and uh, illustrated by Eric Scott Pfeiffer uh a few covers of course there's it's boom uh but it uh it is 3.99 I do not have the code so hopefully Jason can hook me up with that um, damn slack, right? So, uh, but no, it, it, no, I got it. It's March M A R, uh, one five one zero four zero. Excellent. Uh, yeah, according to the boom solicit, it, it's, um, it, it kind of, uh, throws other things out there like, uh, um, Game of Thrones, The Matrix, Astro City, uh, they, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm just really, and, and I'm, I'm looking at the preview pages too, and it, it looks pretty, uh, pretty funky. So I'm, I am looking forward to this. I have no idea what the hell to expect. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for good things. Nice. Cool. All right. Should I, uh, should I? Yeah. All right. This one, and I'm hoping I'm stealing it from Vince. We'll see. Um, it's a book by inarguably the greatest comic book writer of all time. <laughs> and he is uh he's all prolific and stuff again all of a sudden right i don't know what yeah. happened but uh from avatar press providence number one of 12 written by alan moore of course with art by mr jason burrows uh and uh astute alan moore fans and listeners of our show will know that they these guys paired up a few years back on neonomicon which we talked about at some time. This is being (laughs) hailed as both a sequel and prequel to Neonomicon. Uh, In essence, uh, Alan Moore, in a way that probably only he can do, uh, has decided to completely deconstruct all of H.P. Lovecraft's key concepts, uh, basically reinventing them uh, from the inside out and layering them throughout American history. It's an audacious audacious, uh, thing for sure, but uh, I think he's the guy to do it. Uh, we, we know he's been a fan of Lovecraftian, uh, lore for a long time. And so I, for one, am very excited about what's in store for us. It's a 12 issue series, so, uh, it, it may well be in the, it, maybe it will be a talking point for us for, for the next year or so. Um, it, sure it, it uh, the code is March 150951. And again, it's by Avatar and it's uh, 399 if you order from, DCB service, it's dollar ninety nine. <laughs> Can't beat it. My book, uh, which is from Titan Comics, is the first time this thing is in print in twenty years. Damn. It's an oversized edition, nine by twelve, seventy two pages, uh, called a psychedelic masterwork of legendary heavy metal alum. The Ulysses of Space, The Cosmic Rebel, uh, 800 years after a catastrophic event, a troubled space traveler wanders the universe encountering space pirates, gigantic robots, dark gods, and other dimensional entities. The book is called The Six Voyages of Lone Sloan, and it is illustrated by the French Jack Kirby, uh, Philippe Druyer. I have this book in a couple different editions 
and I haven't been able to read it because unfortunately they're all in French. Uh-huh. But it, the same um, power and uh, scope and just the, the majesty of, of Kirby, you have gigantic battles double page spreads colossal robots just like the 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 height of human achievement gigantic massive buildings just piercing the sky and it's psychedelic and it is intense and it's insane if you have those original issues of heavy metal maybe like the first two years you probably um read part of this i'm too lazy to dig out the original heavy metals so i just look at the the french edition and drool because the artwork is just phenomenal uh, exquisitely detailed, but in a, in a loose, um, style. Like there's, there's no straight edges in this thing. Uh, Drier just slaps it down and it looks amazing. Uh, you, you, there's mythology and, um, alien races and just, uh, symmetry. It's, it's amazing. Just, just take my word for it. This thing is only $17.99. Granted, it's only 72 pages, but it's big. There's a lot of spreads in it, and it's well worth your money from Titan Comics. And it says, perfect for fans of H.P. Lovecraft, Ding, Barbarella, Ding, and Dune. <laughs> you and what's, cannot the, what's the name again, Vince? The Six Voyages of Lone Sloan. And it okay, looks like is, they're going to... Uh... Sorry, I was just looking up the code for you. That's that's March M A R one fifty one five forty one. So yeah. March fifteen one five four one. And and Drier, uh makes excellent use of the page. His compositions are phenomenal. So get on. I'm on it. I, see, that's good. See, I wouldn't have. I, this was not on my initial run through, and now I will add it to my list. Nice. And it's only twelve fifty nine, by the way. That's crazy. And, and it, it's a hardcover. And it's one of three graphic novels. So we got yes, two more they're gonna they're gonna do Delirious and Delirious too. Yeah, nice, cool. Paul Cornell likes it. <laughs> there, there you go. go. <laughs> uh, I have the uh, another one from Boom Studios. It's the uh, first issue of a four issue miniseries, uh, written by Max Bemis, illustrated by Logan Farber, and it is O Killstrike. And the reason this kind of, uh, all images, it's, um, there is a very Lobo-esque, Liefeld-like, uh, character on the cover. Uh, this is a, uh, this is Max Bemis's love letter to 1990s superhero comics. Ah. Uh, it's, um, it's it's uh yeah it it it's basically it's about a dad a new dad who loves comics from his youth uh and it's uh it it seems to be somewhat of a uh on a comedic bent uh somewhat of a coming of age story according to the solicits but um yeah it's uh it it's as someone who loves comics and this is, seems to be a book about someone who loves comics and uh pokes fun at uh what a certain decade was like this uh this seems to be um something i might enjoy uh retail 399 again max Bemis, logan farber and uh that is from boom boom's gone places lately they've been publishing a lot of good books yeah they're doing a nice job yeah i'm good Papa Jason. I, I i just i just picked two 
Oh, well, I got some more. I didn't, I didn't want to overdo it. I didn't want right. to overdo it. Okay. Well, I think boom or um, Tomorrow's must have cameras in my house because okay. they've been publishing things that are specifically tuned to my tastes. Like I, I love Back Issue and I love all their magazines and 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 draw and all that. And uh, but th- lately they've been seems like they've been peering into my soul. They published that Swamp Men book with the Swamp Thing and the Man Thing. Now. They have a book coming up that's a hardcover. That's that's a rarity for for tomorrow's. 192 pages, eight by eleven. It's called Monster Mash, the creepy kooky monster craze in America, 1957 to 1972. Get this. Uh, we have features on Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine, Aurora's Model Kits. TV shows like Shock Theater, The Addams Family, The Munsters, Dark Shadows, Mars Attacks Trading Cards, Eerie Publications, Planet of the Apes, interviews with James Warren, Forrest J. Ackerman, John Aston, Al Lewis, that's Grandpa, uh, Jonathan Frid, George Barris, Ed Big Daddy Roth, a foreword by the cool ghoul himself, Mr. Zachary, and it's written by Mark Voger. Can you make a book that is more specific to my tastes? I don't think so. There's uh they, they have a, a half page uh spread on this thing and you see Rat Fink and Dark Shadows is there, the Mad magazine cover with Frankenstein's monster building the model kit of Alfred E. Newman. There's a an image of Vampirella and Cousin Erie and Uncle Creepy. Uh famous monsters, Don Post masks are in this thing. This is my jam. Yo, Jane. I must, I must own this. So it's, uh, 39.95, but I'm sure, uh, DCB service will have it for less than that. And it's a hardcover, damn it. A whole hardcover. Yep. Not specifically comics, but there's comics culture stuff in it's there. In there. And if you, if you're a child of the 70s like myself, this, and guess what's on the front cover? You tell what? us. The shock monster. <laughs> yes, sir. Your shock monster. I do. Not to be confused with the shock, shock master. No, no. The great top stone mask, of which I have a tattoo on my damn arm. So I have to own this. Have to. It's yeah. true. David, do you have another? Uh, I do, and I'll just... um. It's something that we've discussed on the show in the past because it was a digital comic from Monkey Brain. This is a hardcover from Dark Horse. It is High Crimes Ooh. by uh, Christopher Sabella and Ibrahim Mustafa. And it is uh, 1999, 184 pages, uh, actually on sale July 8th. And um, as we've mentioned before, uh, there's a uh, an Olympic snowboarder who, well, uh, has fallen from, from grace, uh, Zan Jensen. Runs a, uh, she's basically a grave robber. She, uh, she and a partner look for the deceased on the, uh, on the mountaintops, mountainsides, those that, uh, expired while climbing due to the cold climbs and, uh, and, and yeah, things get a little, um, away from them. So, uh, I need, I actually, I, I have slack. I need to finish, um, I need to pick up where I left off a few issues ago. Uh, but I, the art is amazing. It, it's, it's a pretty funky story. It's, it's a, um, if, if, 
if you kind of like those heist style stories, but I mean, obviously the location, the, uh, the characters, things are a little, um, it's familiar, but it's, it's a neat little take on it. So it, it's a, uh, I said you can get it through comiXology. You can get the issues, uh, via monkey brain, but uh, now you can have a nice funky looking hardcover collection of the, uh, of the story on your bookshelf. That's awesome. That is great. Yeah, that's on my order my- form for sure. Sweet. Oh, cool. Cool. I usually do my order form early, but I'm going to wait till the end of the month this time because I change it so many times. Do you? I, t- I tweak it and move stuff around and switch stuff, and uh, it's annoying as hell. I don't know why I do it, but so I'm waiting till the end. It's funny how everyone has their own process. I know some people wait till the last day and look at it for the first time. I do the day we the day it comes in. I usually fill it out and then I won't look at it again until uh, it's right around the time when it's due. Then I'll review it and just go through it and double check that I didn't miss anything and also that there are certain things that uh, I buy in issues and some I forget if I do or not. So I go and look at my old uh, previous orders or my unshipped items just to see if I you know if I need to. I always make sure I'm covered do that. there. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I can I can never remember. Right, same here. Some yeah. things I wait for trade, some things I buy the issues, and sometimes I end up forgetting which is which. So. Truth. All right, nice. back now to let's the talk comics about some real comics proper. that are already out. Why don't you do that? Me? Yeah, I want to hear you. I, I read a bunch of crazy stuff this week. Crazy in the sense that it's out of nowhere. Um, so, and I think most of it's going to make you happy, Vince. It always does. Well, unfortunately, I can't return the favor this week, I think. (laughs) Well, I read, uh, so the first thing I want to talk about is, uh, a book by Drawn and Quarterly. Ooh. Uh, by a certain creator named Mr. Michael DeForge. Oh. Ant Colony. Nice. This was on many a best of lists for 2014. And generally when those lists start coming out i just i peruse them and look at stuff that uh that i haven't read or been exposed to and and this was on so many of the lists i thought you know what vince has raved about the ford for years i don't know the man's work so clearly this is at least by a lot of people's view one of his better efforts so i'll I'll dive in so ordered it from the uh the amazon and finally cracked it open it is, um, I, I have no basis to compare this to any other of DeForge's work. So maybe after I talk about the book, you can weigh in on that. So, but, but, but in essence, um, I, I almost, I, my, my initial description of it was going to be, uh, it's, it's, it's bean world without the heart. Um, and what I mean by that is for those that are familiar with bean world, it's, it's visually and, and from a, uh, a setting standpoint, kind of similar. It's, it's, a. It's a look at a, a society that in some ways resembles our own, but in other ways is very foreign and alien. Uh, and that's because it is uh, a, a society of ants. It is, uh, as you might have guessed from the name of the book, it's it's about an ant colony and the different uh, characters and, and happenstances that go into that. But these aren't ants that you'd see in a Pixar movie. Um, they're they're <laughs> strange looking with markings and you can see their internal organs and um, they, they, they go around, uh, uh, you know, killing things and copulating and, uh, insulting one another and, and, and having psychedelic, uh, 
like visions and 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 probably the most arresting images in the book relate to the queen of of the colony mm-hmm. who is drawn to be absolutely massive i mean from a scale perspective uh the queen is drawn a human would be to let's say um a celestial in the marvel universe is about how they draw the queen to the <laughs> to, to the ants and and every ant has to monthly deposit aka ejaculate inside of the ant's ginormous cavernous vagina so so part of the uh, the story is 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 full page splashes of of her drawn in all of her glory and and just yeah. a string of ants walking into and out of her vagina deposit pretty hot depo- depositing i don't know about hot but um, <laughs> no, that's hot. but uh with big old floppy breastuses and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's graphic likes it yeah it's great it's graphic but um uh but yeah there's just there there's there's Lots of stuff going on from from birth to death to sexuality to cruelty to career aspirations to father son relationships. DeForge covers a lot of ground in in a relatively small book. Um, the colors are 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 vibrant. They're a key part of the book. I mean, there's there's uh, there's pastels and deep yellows and all kinds of blues and and uh it it color he he clearly makes his mark on the color scheme uh from a layout perspective every page is pretty much nine panel grids mm-hmm. so he doesn't really play around with that too much um but uh again I, I don't know how this compares to other other stuff um that the forge has done and uh but i enjoyed it i i i i found it intriguing and engaging and um you know, again, it's, it's, I, I took it to be just DeForge using an interesting setting to riff on concepts about society and humanity that fascinate him. Right. So, uh, is that, I assume you've read this and, and. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you, what do you think of my take on it and, and how would you compare this to other DeForge works? Well, it's in the zone. DeForge's stuff, I don't want to say it's, it's all similar across the board, but. It, when back when I talked about Luz as it was coming out, he has a very bleak uh, slant. Uh, even when he's doing human beings, they they have fetishes. I mean, it, there's no um, brightness and light in the DeForge universe, and that was pretty cool when you compared it to Bean World without the heart. Death in DeForge's stuff is no big deal. Where it would be a very, very big deal in in Larry Martyr's Bean World, right? Because it's, I mean, transition and change and ceasing to exist. That's just another moment in DeForge's stuff. Um, uh, like he he has this fixation with the um, body change too, as like uh, the the shifting and 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 changing of of the physical form. It's mm-hmm. uh, you you see it in a lot of his stuff, but. Right, like a new queen is crowned in this. Yeah. The old queen dies. I, so they, and, uh, one of the most arresting scenes is when the old queen is, is dying and she's just decaying and, and the colors turn from greens and blues to reds and oranges and, and, uh, they juxtapose early. Like I said, there's one of the, one of the main characters is going in to do his monthly duty and, and they show him visually, I mean, he draws him essentially ant ejaculating, you know, against, against the, the queen's wall. And then at this point, cause they're kind of rebelling against the queen. Uh, that same man is in there and he's pissing all over inside of her. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's nasty and graphic and it's, you know, he makes his point. But it's like the death of the queen. That's just another moment. 
It's like, oh well, right, the, right. the pro the process process will continue. But I, I always go back to something um, Yodorovsky said, where I mean, somebody asked him, you know, what's your best advice to an aspiring director? And it it, it, it this applies to to comic book uh, creation as well, especially drawing. And, and he said, don't. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. He said, don't mirror reality. Make it your own. Like, bend reality to your whim. Don't draw. Like, it's great to take inspiration from Neil Adams and Jack Kirby and, and, and Howard Shaken and all the greats. You, you can, you can learn a lot of stuff by looking at their art. But when it, when it comes to time to, to do your stuff, make reality your own. And when you look at Michael DeForge's stuff, there's nobody else that could duplicate that. That is a singular experience. It's totally idiosyncratic. It's Michael DeForge. You know what you get when you're looking at it. And that's his reality. And it's instantly identifiable as being his. So he has taken reality and bent it to his whim. Like that is the reality within his pieces. It's all Michael DeForge. I, I love looking at his stuff. For that, I mean, for many reasons, but for that reason alone, like he has defined a language within his stuff that is totally unique. You can you can take pieces and say, oh, this this over here looks like clay, or or you know, I've seen this before in this work, but it, it the the sum total of the stuff, it's entirely Michael DeForge, like Larry Martyr. So that was awesome that you compared it to Bean World because they're very similar. Right. Only the uh, I mean, one grows a beautiful little um, captivating flower and the other one grows, a, you know, a disgusting weed that like a carnivorous weed. <laughs> but they're still, you know, unique, fascinating entities themselves. I, I I just um, he he fascinates me, that fucking DeForge, because he's huh. so damn young to get that kind of power on the page and being I, 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 I think it's that when I was reading about him, he's only what twenty seven, I think. Yeah, he's under thirty. That is insane. Yeah, he must he must draw twenty four seven, just just throwing ideas. And I mean, and and he like myself, the the darker, um, the obscene, the 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 fetishistic stuff seems to really attract him. So it's like a train wreck. You, you're reading his stuff and it's just like, man, these people are repulsive. The one part that really got me in Ant Colony was when the little cute little uh, ant went up to the what looked like sugar and yes. they take a take a bite out of it and it's sweet and sweet low. And low. the one guy goes, oh, fuck, that's poison. Yeah. And the, uh, little, the little thing just dies. It just dies uh -huh. right there. They're just like, eh, oh, well. Or the, uh, the red ants that are portrayed to be basically at redneck hillbillies that – yeah, yeah. Hillbillies. yeah, no, it's it's pretty dope. Like I said, drawn in quarterly. Um uh I, I'm sure you can find it at any any book purveyor that you wish. It, it's easy to find. So Yeah. Really great. Oh, story. and we didn't even mention the wolf spiders. That was an interesting part of it too. They were spiders that had wolf faces. They were wolf spiders. I mean, they weren't called wolf spiders in the book, but they clearly right. were wolf spiders. And there's a whole cycle of life with them as well. Uh, that plays that was originally serialized online. I, I gathered that when I was reading about yeah. it. I, I I didn't want to read reviews of the book until I had read it myself. But then I went back to read a few of them, and uh, and it was clear that this was yeah this was a serialized strip that he uh, had put out for a while. He just gave it away. It's cool, man. Uh, so there you go, Ant Colony by Michael DeForge. That is some serious serious shit. Words. Yep. Bring it, Dave. 
David. I have read very little The Forge. Almost nothing. I need to fix that. With the quickness. Um, yeah. I shudder to think. Okay. A lot of, a lot of critters die. It's true. Well, maybe not <laughs> ant colony then, but. Uh, a lot of critters die. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you in like context. So, you know, I mean, it, if, if it's for the story, you know, I mean, it's. Okay. It's like that's in cool. John Wick, it makes sense. All grown's up. Right. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. Yeah. Or, um, the, uh, the third season of The Wire with the, uh, with the dog fights. You know, I mean, it, it's, oh, yeah. depending on where you're coming from or, or what the story's, it, it, it's, if it's not gratuitous or just, you know, hey, I'm gonna shoot a dog in the head for no reason. Then you know that. Oh, look, you start talking about dogs dying, and the cat the next to you is getting all furry and start start purring <laughs> because her, her competition's being eliminated. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, pussy's all wet. Oh my god, David, what what do you have? Well, uh, shoot, I I read a few things. Um, Hope so. The one, yeah, right. That's what I'm here for. The. Uh, I mean, I guess I might as well get uh, the big thing out of the way because I know I know Jason yeah, read this because I know he has the omnibus. I do okay. not know how far. Okay, uh, I have the four trades and and uh, the um, I don't know how far Vince got into Alias. Um, About seven issues. Okay, so the first trade the first trade is pretty big. It's 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 the first the ten or so issues twelve, but. Um, this is Alias, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art for the most part by Michael Gatos. There is our, uh, there are some Mark Bagley pages, uh, David Mack, the covers. Um, this was the first Marvel Max title, uh, where instead of your adults, your adult content being relegated to, uh, epic or, um, or graphic novels, this was, uh, this was, Marvel 616 style adult R-rated books and, and they, uh, they weren't playing because pretty much first page, first panel, first word balloon had the word fuck in it. Um, so the, uh, you're pretty much told it's adult content right off the bat. And, uh, in that respect, I, I'm glad I read it because it, it, it was groundbreaking at the time. Um, it, over the course of the series, it's a, um, I'm glad I read it. It, it's, I'm not, um, at, at no point was I flipping tables and, and, you know, couldn't believe I was wasting my time with this. It was, it, it was something I wanted to do. Um, I'm, I'm not Jessica Jones or, or, Campbell or Jewel, uh, unlike the century, which was tried to, they were trying to let, you know, let you know, Hey, this was a superhero. You just don't remember. Um, Jessica Jones is a character who kind of was in the background. Uh, the secret origin of Jessica Jones, probably my favorite arc because Peter Parker shows up and I thought the, um, during uh secret invasion and and dark rain when spider-man unmasked and and uh or after it was found out he was peter parker and and the avengers all found out who spider-man was 
Jessica Jones mentioned that, that she had a crush on Peter in, in high school. And, um, I didn't know that in Alias, we actually kind of see that. And I thought that was neat. I, I, I'm glad that, you know, Bendis didn't just throw it out there in, in issue of the Avengers and, and he actually, you know, it, it was, it's a legit storyline. And, uh, so they're Midtown High and, uh, you get her secret origin and, and, and her connection to Peter Parker. Um, Jewel was never an Avenger and which I thought she was again, going back to, to Bendis's new Avengers. And I thought that they tried to say that, you know, she was an Avenger back, you know, during the, um, Star Fox era, things like that. But no, she, she fought the Avengers, but she, uh, she was never an actual Avenger. She, she knew Captain America. She knew Miss Marvel. She's friends with Carol Danvers. Um, I thought the, uh, the series on its own, um, Jessica is not a character that, that's easy to like. And, uh, because of her thoughts, because of her, her, uh, her monologuing, she, she, she's not entitled, but, but she's bitter. She's, uh, she's, um, she, she's trying to, I guess, kind of do the right thing, but, uh, there are better ways, I guess, to go about it. She is the things that bugged me a little bit, uh, art wise. I had no problem with Gatos's art as far as being, um, using panels over it, it, everything served the purpose that the, there were certain beats that had to be met as, uh, as conversations are happening. So if, if Jessica's face is, doesn't move over the course of six panels during this conversation, it, it, it there's a reason it, it, it doesn't, um, I wasn't put off by that. I didn't think it was cheating. I didn't think it, it was, um, there wasn't anything wrong with that. It is interesting that, Almost every guy apparently just wants to bang Jessica when she does not look all that hot. And, and it, it just strikes me a little odd as far as other, other females drawn in the book, um, had a more attractive look to them, but we're supposed to drop everything and, and think that all these guys, uh, want to tap that. Uh, the, I wasn't keen on the uh the way Jonah J Jonah Jameson was portrayed in this series um why it was a little over the top for me i know he's got his thing against spider slayer i mean I, I... no no but well the way and again though it it's because of how how it's being told from Jessica's point of view i mean just just when when he the conversation he was having when he was trying to hire um he was he was hiring Jessica to find out who uh Spider-Man is because she was a former superhero and um he Ben is going to work with her and trail her while she's on the job. So um I was fine with that whole conversation because Robbie was involved and that all made sense. But when uh when Maddie Franklin shows up and Jessica goes and, and talks to Jonah, it, there were just, there were things that Jonah is, is an asshole. He's a dick, but this just seemed 
a little bit more forced to me. And in, in, in all the years I've been reading this guy who's, he, he does have a code. I mean, he's still, he's, 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 he's a journalist. He, he wants to get to the truth, but, uh, the way, the way he was presented here, I, I just, I, I wasn't vibing. Um, there were some very deliberate, uh, references. Jessica Drew looked just like Jennifer Connelly. Um, True, true. It's not a problem. <laughs> there was a, uh, there was a Luke Wilson appearance when, uh, he was the sheriff of the little town of, uh, Lago, New York during her, uh, there was a, a missing persons case she was on. Um, the, uh, yeah, I, like I said, it, it's, it's one of those things where I, I wanted to read it. I'm glad I read it. Everybody who, who recommended it, I, I thank you. It, it's, uh, but it, it's probably not something I'll go back to. It, it's definitely, it's not top five for me, but it is, it's, it's, it's a work that I thought, um, from a historical perspective, um, I, I think depending on how well versed you are in the Marvel universe, your mileage may vary, but it's, it's, I, the whole Rick Jones thing, reading where, um, Bendis, spliced in some pages from his autobiography. Um, I, I like that. There were a lot of things about it that I liked the way it was packaged, the way it was presented. I, I really liked it. Um, I just not a fan of Jessica Jones. Um, it's weird. I was even cool with, with, with the way Luke was portrayed. It, it's just, um, there are, yeah, I don't, I, there's just also some characters I think that, that just don't work well in a, uh, in a realistic or, or gritty environment. Maybe, maybe Jonah is one of those characters. He, he's not a sacred cat to me. It's, it's not like, yeah, I don't think you could, oh, that, that, you can't get that character wrong, but just the way he came across here was, um, it's a little bit more gruff than, than what I was expecting, but, uh, I liked it. It may not sound like it, but I, I, I did like it and I'll, uh, I'd recommend it. And, and if, if you have a chance to read it, read it. it. It's, um, I thought the art was, uh, I wasn't sure what to expect with the art because I've heard mixed things. Uh, I've heard some people complain about the repetition and, uh, but I, I, I did not have a problem with it. And I, I am interested to hear Jason's thoughts because you, you read it as it was coming out. Yeah, yeah, I read it off the shelves. Um and I haven't reread it. I have the Ili- uh, the omnibus, but I haven't reread it. Uh So, I guess the first thing I'll say is that um considering how much stuff we've read and this came out uh 13 years ago, it started coming out. Um, wow. The, the fact that I can remember every arc of the series uh, as you're talking, um I think in and of itself speaks to how much I guess I like the book because there's plenty of stuff I've read over the last decade, which I don't remember reading, much less the details of it. Um, I did look through the omnibus when I got it, and I would agree with you that I remember um, I remember loving the art a lot more then than I do looking back on it now. If that makes sense, like it does. I I, the, I think because the art was so distinctive and the book at the time was so unusual that it all seemed to fit. I think now that we're 
far enough away from it, I I I see Gatos's I don't want to say flaws, but I see things the in the art. Yeah, that I I I probably didn't notice then because I wasn't I wasn't I didn't have as as an as an astute eye for that kind of thing. Okay. Um, I, I'm left thinking, having read the something else we may be talking about this week, that I could only if I could go back in time and I had the powers to to change all things, I would have had Sean Phillips draw this book. Yeah. Because God, this would be a book that I think everybody would have loved. Um, but I, I mean, you, you do seem to be a little transfixed on the J. Jonah Jameson thing. And I understand that being the uh, Spider-Man boo that you are. Um, but I thought there were some awesome things about this book that, that you didn't touch on, um, in terms of some of the characters. Like, I think, um, the way that she, the way that Purple Man plays into the story. Oh, yes. It's yeah, phenomenal no, I, because, yeah. you know, there's a character that, uh, for those who don't know, Purple Man is a, uh, a, a recurring Marvel villain. He's got purple skin, but his power is the power of suggestion. He could basically make people do what he wants by by telling them to do things. He he emits a, a super powered pheromone. Yes. And um, while I, I don't want to give this away because this is the final arc of the book and it relates to her origin, the Purple Man um, essentially torments her. Let's yeah. say yeah, in in, in some in some ways that fucks her up for forever. Really. Um, uh, certainly. He is the impetus for her being the character that we've come to see over the two years of this book prior to her, her seeing this final arc. Um, you know, to, to the, uh, most Marvel readers probably know her primarily as the, uh, the wife of, of Luke Cage in the, in Bendis' Avengers run. And, uh, and, uh, you know, that all starts here. But, but again, in 2001, the way they were depicting their relationship was not being done in, in, in big two comics. Uh, you know, you had to, it was sure there were there were adult there were mature adult sexual things happening in in indie books. It wasn't I don't want to suggest this was groundbreaking uh, in all of comics, but you didn't see a Marvel imprint book that had uh, you know um, people having sex, but having bad sex or or, or not you know having rough sex. Yeah, that. rough sex and sex that's that's almost sad and, and devoid of emotion and, and driven from 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 pain and um she yeah. uh you know she she dates um and bangs scott out lang. yeah scott lang right another yep. uh another soon-to-be uh movie character and, and it's because she's introduced to her uh by a mutual friend we see maddie franklin um who again most people probably know from the uh the the avengers uh or the the mc2 universe mostly um, Maddie Franklin, the, the, I guess the third spider girl, spider woman character in, in Marvel lore. She's a, she's a, a cracked out whore in this book. She's, she's addicted to, to mutant growth hormone and, uh, is, is turning tricks. Well, it's, they, um, her boyfriend drugs her. So that right. That's what I mean. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Right. To get them. You're right. She's a, she's cracked out. She's, she's strung out. It'd be so that he can get the right the MGH from her, but 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 either way, I mean she's she's you know uh, Matt, she's got to Jessica's got to find her and and uh, um, the the first arc of the book we we see Captain America in a light that we rarely see him yeah uh, a conspiratorial light that goes all the way up to the president so just I I thought what was interesting about it at the time was just that that it was it, it was tied into the existing Marvel universe it was quote unquote in canon. But it 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 showed these characters as if we were seeing a Marvel universe that was much much closer to the real world we live in, right? Um, which really isn't very 
flattering or no. engaging, right? I mean, one of the reasons most of us love superhero comics is because they are escapist and 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 heroic, and there's 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 white hats and black hats, and there's you know, and and this 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 was in the gray. This this book was all about the gray area, and uh, so I, I I really do still think even 15 years later, this is by far and away the favorite thing I've ever read from Bendis. So wow. Yeah, so so I'm a huge fan of this, and I'm really excited about the TV show. I realize the TV show is going to be much much different than 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 this book, but but uh, I, but I'm still excited because I was such a fan of this book to uh, to see what comes of the show. So and uh, Kristen Ritter is is fetching and a good actress, so you know I have hopes for it. It's it's because of the show that I wanted to read this before the show came out, and even now, in the first first show. Is Daredevil comes out next month. Um, the, uh, they are filming AKA Jessica Jones. Now that may not come out until 2015. Um, I'm sorry, 2016. The, uh, and apparently Mike Coulter, who will be playing Luke Cage, who will appear, if he doesn't appear in Daredevil, he'll appear in the uh, Jessica Jones show. He's saying that, um, the Luke Cage series may be a little bit more, um, adult oriented than uh some of the other Marvel filmed stuff that uh, we've seen so far. Um it, it's also a as far as the book goes, it's a world full of impatient people. Nobody can ever get a complete thought out before the next person interrupts <laughs> them and and speeds things up. And I, I I I you know whether that's a Bendis tick or just, you know, the way people talk, sometimes it just got to be a little bit um too much and maybe maybe it read better that that's something that um is easy to, to get over if if you're reading it as the issues come out when 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 you're reading 28 issues in 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 a few days it you pick up on on certain things and um if i paced myself i don't know how different it it would have uh played out for me but no, i i can when you look at what Bendis has done, from have you read Jinx or Torso? Yeah, uh, yes to both. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so this is your favorite Bendis book, not just Marvel, but from his catalog. Absolutely, yeah. I, I uh, confession, I, I have never been very taken by Bendis's non-Marvel work. Okay, so I I like this. I think more than. Uh, well, at least especially at the tail end of his Avenger stuff, but um I don't know, I'd probably it's good and and I mean I'm I'm enjoying a hell of all new X Men, but it's um no, I the the nitpicky things, the and any of my critiques are all it, it has nothing to do with um the uh the creative aspect of it. It's all just, just my little ticks, but it's, it's definitely something that I know whenever I would send a text to, to Mario about something else that, uh, that was either rubbing me raw or just annoyed me. He, he would, uh, all caps back at me and, and, you know, tell me to stop looking for the negative and, and things like that. But it, I, I, how does Mario get that power? <laughs> how did he get that? What power? The power to, actually tell you something that you don't want to hear that's no one has well, that no, power he, except maybe I, the wife he can he can say whatever he wants but then i'm gonna listen 
is there you go i i knew you were still it's no i (laughs) listen i um i there's a coworker at uh he has never um he hasn't read it so i'll i'll loan him the uh i'll pass the the trades along and and i'm not sure frankie if the buildinator has read it so he'll he'll be next as well that was for you bro um but uh no it's like jason loves it i I enjoyed it. it. It's something that I think, uh, yeah, I, I think people should check it out. I got to be totally honest. One of the only things I remember from that series yes. is Luke, Luke Cage coming in the back yes. door. That's, that's the only thing. That's, I think, what a lot of people remember of it. Though. Yeah, and and that first issue, I believe it happens in the first issue. It does. Or it's, it's alluded to, in, whatever. Um, I was like, damn, this is going to be good. And then it, it just, I just slowly lost interest over the period of like seven issues. Well, knowing you, this is a, this is a book I would have bet any amount of money wasn't your thing. Yeah. 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 I do have something that is my thing. I was going to say, you've been quiet as a church mouse. Yeah. Unfortunately, knowing what I know, the other two are going to be as quiet as I was oh. during their, uh, alias talk. Because I know things. Um, I'm like Layla Miller. Yeah, I was just going to say that, you bitch. I miss Layla uh, Miller. Me too. Yeah. This series is uh, done in the spirit of um, the Devil's Angels and the Born Losers. Oh, Hell's Angels. Oh, okay. You're Hell's right. Angels on Wheels. So, yeah. <laughs> Stifle. This is the Daniel White uh, section of the show. Angels from Hell and all those great biker gang movies from the 60s. Um, it's published from Image, but not originally so. Uh, it's called The Humans. Humans for Life, Humans Till Death. Written by Keenan Marshall Keller, writer-artist of Galactic Breakdown and other stuff from Drippy Bone. Illustrated by He of the Blot, Henry and Glenn Forever. Uh, he had a couple of great issues of Popeye for IDW. It's the amazing Tom Neely. Uh, color art by Christina Colantes. And like I said, it's published by Image. Uh, it's a period piece. The humans are a Bakersfield, California motorcycle club. They're the, uh, the rebels and the outcasts and the losers and the misfits and the no good rotten fuck the man punks. Who also happen to be primates. Uh, when the first issue opens, the club has gathered to bid farewell to their brother, uh, Marvin Mojo Hopper, who was under the influence of many, many things. And he popped a guardrail, went over a cliff, and got himself dead. Um, and the creators, this is really smart, they used the funeral to give the reader a little bit of insight into the principal players of the Humans Club. Now, in the Humans vernacular, uh, primates are mates. Oi, mate doesn't mean it. It means primate. Um, and Homo sapiens are skins. And in the, the, the spirit of Planet of the Apes, the Homo sapiens are dumb as dirt. They don't speak. They kind of grunt. They're more often than not just running around naked in chains, eating their own poop. Um, so the, the flip has flopped. The, the humans are the simians and the, the, the primates are, are the humans naturally. So uh, creative. Stop. The, uh, the, the leader is a, a mate named Bobby. This, this 
guy is very, very angry for many reasons, not the least of which is he has lost his baby brother, Johnny, in Vietnam. A lot of anger, a lot of rage, a lot of guilt, a lot of frustration over over losing his blood to a cause that, let's be honest, back in the day, a lot of people didn't agree with or understand. Um, there is a mate named Mara, who is named after the awesome Benjamin Mara. He's the creative one. He's the thinker and the poet, and he uh, eulogizes, if that's a word, the fallen uh, mojo at the funeral. There's a scarred mate called Carnes, which was named after Fuckator's Jason Carnes. This uh, guy is surly and mean, but a good old mate to have on your side in a fight. And he's got a taste for the skins. He likes the hairless apes, likes to sample the, the, the light meat, let's just say. Um, the, one of my favorite characters in this book uh, is a human called Doc. And by human, I mean one of the biker gang. It's, it's a little confusing. Uh, <laughs> this guy is really smart, science-minded. What, what he's doing behind the scenes is he's cooking up uh, a drug, a methamphetamine with a hallucinogenic kicker uh, that he calls spasm. It's a berserker drug. See, the club is beholden to the boss running the show in their stretch of California, this fat bastard by the name of uh, Abe Simeon. Uh, drugs, prostitution, skin fights, the clubs, like you name it, this this guy's got his hands in it. Uh, he even has Sheriff Rugg under his thumb. Do I have to tell you who that was named after? Um, so Bobby wants to one-up on Abe by making their their own drug and trafficking trafficking it themselves and keeping all of the profits. They don't want to be beholden to this this uh, Abe Simeon anymore. He's a dickhead. Anything they could do to get out from under his shadow, they're going to do. So back to the gang. You got a giant muscle-blown mate named Bricks because he's built like a brick shithouse. There's a hippie named Nada. Uh, Clyde, which is, he's special, and when you see Clyde, you will know exactly what he was named after. It's a certain Clint Eastwood movie. Um, and then you have Crispin, who's just plain skeevy. Uh, he's butted head with Bobby on more than one occasion, but the first issue we're just introduced to the, the, the club and what they do and they like to party they like to throw it out as any biker gang does right they 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 live free or die they do what they want to do they're they're beholden to unfortunately only one person but in the interim they party hardy and they live it up and their um the status quo is pretty much shattered with the second issue because a ghost appears uh as you can imagine baby brother johnny returns to the fold. It turns out that his chopper was shot down behind enemy lines and the the dude is pretty much traumatized. He saw his buddies, well not his buddies, but let's just say his fellow soldiers mutilated, blown to bits, decapitated, and he was taken prisoner. And the things he had to do to survive, not all that pleasant. Uh, so severe post-traumatic stress disorder and he keeps reliving all that stuff he experienced as a soldier in civilian life. Like he'll just be walking through a room and there's a really cool double page spread of a after party um, 
low, let's just say, where all the humans are strewn out in the living room and they're all either zonked out of their mind or, you know, the women are naked and spent and he's walking through the room and you see his progression and on the rug is the severed head of a soldier. And they're snakes, as you would encounter in the jungle, but they're not really there. And um, Johnny sees this. He, the, the guy is – he's damaged goods, you know, and he's just trying to integrate. You've seen this a million times. The, all of the best biker movies of the 60s have a Vietnam angle to them. Uh, and this is just in keeping with that. This is an exploitation comic based on exploitation movies from the 60s. And, and it's – I think it's – entirely tuned to my sensibilities uh the creative team the people who work with the creative team like uh all four issues have awesome back covers you got johnny ryan did one from prison pit benjamin mara uh skinner did one our good buddies matthew allison appear within the pages and daniel white even has an image in here not even has but daniel white has an image in here it, it's just like this this is like the gathering of the best of the best of the kind of dudes I love to follow. Um, there's a uh, skin fight in issue, I believe, four, where they the 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 primates carefully groom humans to fight in the pits, and they bet on them. And um, Johnny. Well, not Johnny. Bobby, you know, flaps his gums a little bit too much and ends up getting into a position with um, Abe where he could stand to gain very much, but it's a long shot. And when you see how they, in, in, it's kind of like the Mash movie. There's, there's something that happens that will, will uh, make you relive that, that awesome Mash film. Um, but uh, so I read the four issues. There was a zero issue. That was, uh, Keenan Marshall Keller and Tom Neely published it themselves. And good for you if you're interested in this because when Image does the first collected edition, you're going to get one to four of the Image, uh, published issues and you're going to get the zero issue, which is awesome. And, uh, you got to see this book. Um, my, my buddies obviously weren't grooving on it, but Neely, is astounding. The double page splashes in this thing are amazing. Um, in the first issue, you get a montage and they're, they're, they're usually built around a central point. Like, uh, in the first issue, you get the, the, the humans colors. It says, you know, the severed hand flipping the bird and it says humans for life, humans till death, Bakersfield. But around the central point, you get a montage of Mojo's life. And you see him, you know, riding bulls and, and just breaking the law and boozing it up and fighting and pissing off a, um, a cliff and snorting coke off a whore's back. <laughs> and you see him going off the cliff in the bike. And there, there are sequences in here where, you know, Johnny trips balls and double page. It's amazing, amazing stuff. If you're interested, try it out because like I said, I don't think there's a gigantic audience for this book and it's sad because it's pure creation it really is there's there's really nothing 
it, yes, it culls from a bunch of different sources. It, it's beholden to exploitation movies and Planet of the Apes and, you know, underground comics and uh, the hippie culture of the 60s and head shops. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of influences. But when it's all, you know, melded together, it's a, it's a cool little unique book. Uh, the letters pages are thick and chunky. They go on for like three, four pages and, and they're appropriately titled Ape Shit. And the, uh, the creative team takes on, um, the persona of the characters. Like, uh, you know, Carnes will do one letters page and other one it'll be Mara. It's just, it's just fun. I hate to use that, that descriptor to call something fun because it means I don't have anything else to say, but it is fun. It's, it's very enjoyable. It's unpretentious. You don't got to drag along a whole lot of baggage when you read this book. It's just, like the gang themselves, it's freewheeling, you know, open throttle comics, and I think it's amazing. There you glad go. Glad you love it. I thank you for your time. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you love it. You know, that's what makes the world go round. It's my jam. Yeah, I'll be laughing out loud. There's blowjobs in it. Doc gets a blowjob at the funeral in the first issue, yes. and and um, something happens that causes alarm and. His dick pops out of the woman's mouth and you like, <laughs> and it's explicit. I forgot to mention that it is, it is a mature reader's title. So there's fornicating and nudity and bloodshed and, and nastiness and drug use. And it's, it's amazing. If you like prison pit, you'll, you'll, you'll like this. Um, if, if you like, uh, you know, zap comics and you know, the, the hippie drug culture, um, books, it's it's in the zone. It's beautiful. Bam. Image, Image publishes stuff for everybody, Vince. They do. Everybody. And this is published for me. Just Everybody me. get twisted. So. Oh, and there's, on the letters pages, they give you free songs. You could download free soundtrack songs for each issue. I think there's two per issue. That's nuts. What more do you want? The, the, short of them coming to your home and reading it to you, acting it out in your living room. This is all about giving, and it's two ninety nine an issue. What? Show me, show me a two ninety nine issue these days. It's hard to find, right? It's true. O- only in comics can you get a book that's basically a mashup of Easy Rider and Every Which Way But Loose. Love that movie. Not Easy Rider. It's the it's the more low budget biker flicks. Easy Rider was a bit too mainstream. A, just a, a a bit. This is this is the uh, you know the 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 grindhouse biker flicks. Mm-hmm. Easy Rider played in legit theaters. There you go. So nice. I don't I don't want to correct you, but, <laughs> but I will. But you, but you will. Though. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me if I didn't. I can't wait for your review what? next week of Jail Apes. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> you got to harsh my buzz. <laughs> oh, I, I live long and prosper, uh, Neely and uh, Keller, because I want this book to continue for a long time. I'm sure it will. David, you didn't say it. You didn't say anything. And I'm stunned. You got to. What happened? What do you want me to say? Uh, oh. You, you, yeah. Come on. Really? You <laughs> we lost a good one. We did lose a good one on Friday. Oh, you talking about Spock? 
Yes. Okay. I am not Spock, Leonard Nimoy. He liked his women big, didn't he? That's all right. That's cool. Well, he's, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, well, I, I think the book was, he, he, he did it for his daughter to, to let her know that, uh. Why oh, she was thick? Uh, yeah, I think his, his body images and everything, things like that, yeah, so. I'm saying, but his daughter was thick? I think so. I'm gonna have to Google this now. Yeah. But it's just multi-talented. The guy was oh, yeah. so well-versed in a whole lot of stuff. Um, in search of, uh, yes, Star, Star Trek is what, a, what I and the majority of the people of the world know him for. But I loved him on uh, In Search of. He was a great I mean, narrator that, for that. That was awesome. That, that was the narrate. I mean, it, it, his voice was so calming yeah. and soothing. And it just, there was an intelligence behind it that you believed that, yeah, maybe flying saucers did land on the Nazca lines, you know? But don't snicker, Zach. <laughs> I heard him. So, yeah, we, we miss Leonard Nimoy. And I'm sure it's going to be felt with each passing year. What just what a what a massive loss that is. But we have his stuff, so we can always visit him when we want. That's true. That's right. The man was a legend. He had a great life. Yes. And he was what? Uh, 83? Eighty-four. Yeah, 83? Or he's yeah. about to be eighty-four. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to work anything into the third Star Trek. It, I, I was, the first one, having Spock in it, was great, it made sense, it was perfect for it the did. story. Then, in the second one, it's like, why are we, we're going back to that well, only for him to say, oh, this person was a, was, was, was a, uh, Forced to be reckoned with and peace out. And I, that just felt a little bit too, um, I guess fan servicey. It, it, it was great to see him, but it, it, it didn't have the impact that it had from the first one. No. Um, I, but I liked the appearance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's yeah. like, hey, good. But, and so I, I was a little, uh, <laughs> hey, good. I, was, I, was like, I was like, I kind of don't really. I hope they're far enough away where like they can't just radio them up and, and say, Hey, we're having trouble with, uh, with the whales. How can you help us with this? And, and I just, I, it, it's, it's weird. No, I, um, and I actually had, I had a couple of people ping me and, 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 and check on me. So I oh, the feels. That. Yeah. Yeah. They knew. I did. You did. What, what? Yeah. You were on Facebook. You were like the first person. Yeah. So you're so exactly. You, you Mm-hmm. I said, oh my god, how's this gonna affect David? Uh, but I admittedly this... though, doesn't it affect you less cause, cause of, like he's lived his life though? No, he did have a nice run. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I mean, like, it still it was, stinks, but. He's still, yes. Oh no, yeah, it's not like, I am. I mean, I wish I have, if I wish I'm, if I make it to 84, I'm plenty happy. Shit, I'd be glad if I make it to 64. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How old was James doing when he died? Was he in his, uh, uh, <laughs> twelve? <laughs> he got stuck in the Jeffrey's too. He did. Before the dilithium crystals. Uh, the, uh, he had to be, he had to be in his 60s, 70s. Uh, see, that's still relatively young these days. That's true. Yeah. So, 
Thank you, Mr. Nimoy. Yeah. Let's talk about some more comics. Dude, I have so many goddamn comics I want to talk about. Well, let's see if we have a shared interest here okay. for, for a change. I'm looking at everything I want to talk about. I don't think I don't think we have any. Well, there's one that yeah, there's one I know you've read. Oh, what is that? What? I don't know. Somebody's got some audio issues. I did. It's not David. Yeah, a little bit. All right, here. Let me pull something off the stack, and uh, we can just riff on it. Did you guys read Drifter number four? No. no. All right, I'll put that back. <laughs> Did you read um, They're Not Like Us, number three? Yes. David, did you read no. it? All right. Jason, what would you think? Loved it. Okay, me too. But I do not think Mr. Price is long for this book. Why? Be- because the tone, which graded... Snarky. Uh, the first two issues, that, that, that downbeat... Um, entitlement, uh, kind of air graded on him, and there's more of the same in issue three. Definitely. So Goody. I don't, I don't think that, um, he's gonna endure this much longer, even though the, the, uh, Simon Gain and Jordi Belair are doing magic with this. Love book. the artwork. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's it very Malamanara esque. Um, we, we, uh, well, I, since David didn't read it yet, I, I, I will say the, the, the kids use their powers to give it to someone who actually deserves it. So that may be a saving grace for you. Okay. Uh, they're in the park and somebody's observing them from a, a bench and he's, he's looking up and down at one of them, but only because uh the, they're, they're manipulating his mind to think that what we say, see as a woman Actually is a little boy. Yeah. And so this guy is, is, uh, on her. A, a, a pedophile with a taste for the young, young men. And they, they, they give him what for. Yeah. And while they're doing it, um, conceptually it plays into the story because his, uh, his thought processes are being, uh, tweaked. The backgrounds are entirely white, but that makes sense. That's not a lazy creative team that's using a trope from the book to influence the visuals. So they're, they're obfuscating the incident for everybody around them. So why should we see them? Yeah. We're seeing what they see. Well, well, we're seeing what they see with the truth added in instead of the, the, the fiction. And it's just amazing. Yeah, I, I dig it a lot. I, I, uh, it's a slow build. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I do find the characters in, interesting. Uh, I do, I'm curious to see if and whether she'll go through with the, the task of offing the people they told her she has to off. You know what I'm gonna, th- I think is gonna happen? They're gonna take it out of her hands and they're gonna do it. I agree. don't trust. I agree. Yeah. And then, and yeah. then, and then, the story, does she then just fall in line or does that cause her to rebel and try and... Right, try right. Yeah. There, there needs to be a saving grace to this book. Sure. They can't, they can't all be bad. Right. Well, that, dad's an asshole. Regardless. Um, does he deserve to be killed? The way he's acting this issue. Uh, I, know. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if killed is the good punishment <laughs> for that. But no, I, I think uh, what was that that uh, creepy guy that popped up at the end? 
of the issue. I think the one that saw them in the yes. hospital. I think I think he's going to do it. Oh, or, I think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least threaten to do it. Yeah, but I I'm still enjoying this book. Um, I, I think it's one of the bright lights from the the latest wave of of new new series. Oh oh oh, Bitch Planet. Oh yeah. Tell me you read. Tell me you read number For three. Sure. Oh, David. I did not. Oh boy. If you didn't like Penny Roll before issue three, you you're just gonna totally love her by the end. Okay. It's interesting because we should set up the the every third issue of this series is going to be drawn by someone other than Valentin Delandro, and it's going right. to be a character backstory. Uh and, and what what I find interesting about that is that uh I recently heard an interview with Kelly Sue. And she has, she's purposely avoiding, uh, watching Orange is the New Black. So as, she should. So as not to, as she put it, find herself frozen, uh, you know, having seen something on that and then in, like unintentionally convincing herself she can't do something because it's on the show. But what I, what I find fascinating about that is that this book is so much like Orange is the New Black in space. I mean, even in as much as I, I, I think the most endearing part of Orange is the New Black is the back, is learning the backstories of these, of these inmates. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I think you're, one of the reasons why you're comparing it to Orange is because Orange is fresh in your mind. This, this stuff harkens back to every women in prison flick, you know, ever made. There's, 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 she uses tropes that I'm, I don't even know if she realizes she's doing it because she probably hasn't seen the movie. Well, yeah, and let me be clear. I'm not suggesting she's lying. I, I genuinely believe oh, she, no, no, she no. isn't watching Orange is New Black. I, I'm, I'm saying it's, it's coincidence, but, but I, it is hard. I think as a reader, if you've seen the show, it's going to be very hard not to compare the two. Right. I agree uh, with but, you. But that's not a problem. I, 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 I enjoyed the show quite a bit and, and I, I am enjoying the hell out of this book. Uh, Robert Wilson's art is much different than Delandro's, but I think it does uh, is perfectly well suited for the backstory of uh of our big girl. And uh it's it's you know it's funny, it's um it, it's for those that don't know Robert Wilson's style, I would throw him in the camp of a Doc Shaner, a Michael Walsh, you know, ah, people like uh, that kind of that kind of vibe. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I gotta say this issue was painful. You mean you hurt for her? Exactly. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't painful in terms of tedium or, or, uh, lack of interest right. or, you know, the indignities that is, that are heaped upon this woman are disgusting. If, if, I, I think Kelly Sue is an incredibly smart writer because this one issue, she makes you absolutely loathe the fathers. You hate the them. Father. You you hate them for what they believe and what they do and who they are and what they stand for, and you know. And again, Penny's, to be clear for our for our listeners that that aren't reading this book, when Vince says the fathers, he doesn't mean the 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 actual paternal fathers of the characters in the book. He means the fathers who are the essential ruling body of this world of of this right. society, the, like the founding fathers. It's a bunch of of old men who are in charge of the world. And you can be imprisoned. Uh, one of the major transgressions is non-compliance. NC. Non-compliance. What does that mean? Non-compliance takes a lot of forms. You can not look like everyone else, which is 
one of Penny's crimes. You could not act or think or 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 feel like noncompliance. It's just like you have to um, uh, be a Borg. You know what I mean? One of one of one of the herd. And Penny's not having it. She's a, she's a very large woman. That in itself is a transgression in this this world, and that's disgusting. It, it's really it physically disgusts me to think that a bunch of dudes who are probably, you know, not all that. Well, I don't want to go there. But, <laughs> I was but, say but, you know, a, a bunch of dudes who have taken on the power to tell someone that they don't look the right way. What the fuck is that? That's that mad. That infuriates me. Really? Doesn't that piss, piss you? Yes. Doesn't that piss you off? Mm. I know it's supposed uh, to piss me it off, but drives me crazy. It it really does. Like I, I have a problem with authority to begin with, but no, when really. someone yes, I do. But when but when but when someone someone tells you that you know not that you're not doing a good job or or that you know. But you're, you're not believing the right thing or you're not wearing the right clothes or, or you're not physically the right way. That's disgusting. And, and Penny is basically strapped to a gurney and they, they, they pull a mirror up to her and they make her look in it and they're, they're, they're like, you have to see, you know, what is wrong with you and we will, you know, you'll see the vision and you'll be changed forever and you'll be stepping in line with everybody. And what she sees is exactly what you hope she sees. And, and it drives them crazy. Um, it, this one issue, I, I get it now. Why, why Kelly's, I mean, I, I understood why a lot of people think she's the shit. Um, uh, I, the first two issues were really good. This one is in a different class entirely. This issue alone, I think, was masterful from the beginning to the end. Infuriating, yes, but, but master, it made me feel. And when something made, makes me feel, I love it. I don't like mediocre or lukewarm. If you're going to go in, go deep. And Kelly Sue goes friggin' all the way with this issue. I, I cannot recommend this book enough after after this. Yeah, I got your back. She uh, she is off to. I think I share your view that that while I I certainly would never say I have an issue with her as a writer. I I have not connected generally with her works in the same way I've connected with other writers of this era or certainly not to the level that that many seem to have connected with her stuff um this is the first thing and it's only three issues in so i don't want to go too crazy with it but this is the first thing that she's done that i i personally have found to be special yeah. that makes sense and again your mileage may vary i know lots of our listeners are just unabashed kelly sue fans and think everything she does is great and more power to you it's you're not wrong right, it's just right. For me, this is the first thing that I would say stands out from the pack for me and, and, and makes me think that she's got, like, uh, she's telling a story that I find something that not only is engaging, but I don't think a lot of other creators would or could tell. Yeah. And I'm really glad uh, that they managed to find the, the balance, the right balance between the faux dot pattern for the, for the back cover because last issue, you couldn't read a damn thing True. on it. And this issue, they nailed it. Yeah, that's true so, too. Yeah, so uh, you, you can actually order these things, I think. Yeah, I think so. Which is cool. cool. Yeah. Hey, kids. Don't oh, you dare. Pat- no. Patriarchy. Good stuff. Oh, okay. I think we're trying to wrap this up. I was like, dude, it's not even eleven yet. No, 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 ah. no. Uh, ah. 
How about Rasputin number five? Dude, are you just going to keep going? No, I just want to do one more. Did you read Rasputin 5? Yeah. David didn't either. So we'll pass on that first. <laughs> I've only read Rasputin 1 through 3 so far. i got to read 4 and 5. I've read 1 and uh, half of 2. 4 was the best. We'll see. So, Vince, uh, have you read the second issue of uh, Cross Plus 100? I have. Well, there you go. I read first and second this week. Why don't you talk about it? Uh, well, you talked about the first, so I don't want to, I don't want to regurgitate what you said a few weeks ago, but, uh, crossed 100, well, crossed plus 100 is the, uh, uh unusual, I would say, uh, Alan Moore and his, is always one for doing strange things. He I think surprised many people in deciding to, uh, come out of his monthly comic writing hibernation to write essentially something in the crossed universe. But, you know, you, I think, dove into the first issue quite a lot about how it differed and, and, and what you liked about it. So, um, I, I guess the, the main, the main thing I'll say then to add to that, what you already said a few weeks ago is that I have never read an issue of cross before this. Mm-hmm. Um, and in spite of that, I, I didn't feel lost. I, I, I understood what came before it. Um, now, part of that, of course, is that you've talked about crossed enough on the on, on the show that I, I I get a better sense of what that world was like than maybe if I came in completely cold. But um, I think Moore's genius in this book um, works for him and against him simultaneously. Mm, how against? Against purely from a commercial standpoint. I know he doesn't give two shits about commercial right. or nor nor necessarily should he. I, I don't uh, he's a creator. I don't think he he needs to worry about sales. But but I, I think his use of the and again, you talked about this. So I don't want to say I don't I want to acknowledge that this is just building off of something you've already talked about. Um in the book the the word balloons are the dialogue in the book is 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 hard to read. It's a it's a modern it's a futuristic dialect. So it's, it's English, but just as with our own language, the way that people spoke English a hundred years ago sounds very different, um, than the way we say things because of colloquialisms and the way that words change and neologisms and stuff. And that's what's happened here. Words that we, uh, they use words to mean different things than we do and they mm-hmm. have different slang and, and they have different syntax and, um, uh, I, I find that to be genius in the sense that I think he's being much like Tolkien. He's being very regimented in his use of this new vernacular. Um, he's, he's not just pulling it out of his ass. He's, he's using the words consistently to mean what they mean now or in his book. And, uh, there's a, there's a definite cadence to it such that by the time I was done the second issue, I felt as though I was almost reading it the way I would read Spanish because I could read Spanish, right? I almost, I could, right. I could, I could, I wasn't, I was sort of not even noticing that it wasn't normal English anymore. But that said, it was a non-trivial thing, especially if you're not used to reading different dialects. And I, I suspect the average comic reader will find this highly tedious. Exactly. If you're not willing to invest more time than usual just for the necessities, like understanding the text, this is not going to thrill you at all and that was one of the one of the criticisms about it uh at the shop a lot of people couldn't make heads or tails out of it and it's because more often than not people are lazy 
Um, and I'm not, I, I'm not going to call them stupid because they're, they're not or, or unintelligent. They're just lazy. They don't want to put any kind of effort into something. Reading should be effortless to them. And this is a hundred years in the future of cross. Like Jason said, the language is not going to be the same in a hundred years. So to fully flesh out this strange new world, you got to go the distance and more does. And it's going to require a little bit of, you know, extra footwork on your part. Yeah. And it's all about your mood. And, and like you said, I wouldn't, I don't want to dismerge people who are against this. I mean, I, no. in my own way, I, I generally don't like, um, movies with subtitles. Uh, and it's purely a personal thing. I, I find it tedious to have to read the subtitles and I feel like it takes me away from looking at the movie. Um, I'm not going to say that I've never watched a subtitled movie that I've enjoyed a lot. I'm certainly not going to say that there aren't subtitled films that are brilliant. But for me personally, it's generally going to be harder for me to enjoy something with subtitles. Flip side, I know a lot of people can't read Irvin Welsh, the novelist, because he's Scottish and he, 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 his books are written with a, you know, in, in, in a, with a strong Scottish brogue. I, I find his books to be phenomenal. Uh, I, you know, a couple pages into every one of his books, I forget that I'm even reading, uh, a brogue dialect and I just, I just read the story. But others take issue with that. So, so it, it, I've, I've experienced it on both sides. But, but that said, getting back to what this book is, um, you know, you, you dissected the first issue, which is essentially we're, we're well into the future of, of the crossed universe. Uh, we're at a point where normal humans have, have essentially made a comeback. Um, in that at least they're, in a lot of areas, they're, the, the, the crossed people are contained, if not extinct. Um, and this group of people are uh, in this strange locomotive contraption, and they're out there scavenging. They're out there scavenging to get for 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 supplies and and artifacts and historical content and and knowledge. And they're going to bring it all back to their home base. Um, and as as you noted, we 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 come to find out that not only are there more crossed around than they thought, but they're not acting the way they had, I guess, in the comics prior to this, and that they're showing at least. On some level, some intelligence again. They're, 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 they have shrines with framed pictures of different people. There's a picture of a random guy. There's a picture of Jesus Christ. Uh, and they're making altars with candles and salt. Salt. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, there's a, there's a greater mystery here and, and it's really freaking these people out. Some of the people are young enough that they never uh, saw a cross in person before. Um, and others are, are, are aging, more aged people who, who lived through the outbreak and, and, and so they have a little bit more of a, of a background. But in the second issue, they come across what they believe to be the governor's mansion. Um, but it's actually <laughs> Graceland. It's Elvis's yeah. Graceland. And they're just absolutely <laughs> mesmerized. And this is where I think Moore's genius comes into play. Uh, I think the, we, Living in the now, we take for granted the way that our, particularly our pop culture, uh, would be interpreted by people in the future when it's looked back in a historical context. And, you know, we look back on history and think of things as just factual, but yet we, the reality is there's a lot of interpretation to it. And I think that that's what he's done such a good job of in these first two issues is making us realize how absurd or how easily it would be to misinterpret things even a hundred years later based on circumstance. Right. right? I, I, th- I forget who said it, but as they're walking through Graceland, 
um, one of the one of the crew looks at all the the paintings on the wall and assumes that whoever owned this this mansion was was a very refined taste. Correct. And and, and as you and know, it's so ostentatious gr- and gross. Yeah, yeah. Gr- Graceland and Elvis, it was kitsch. Uh, the the jungle room. Really? And they, they even make a point of saying, wow, there, right. there's, there's plants an outdoor and stuff. indoor room. It's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but, um, unfortunately, as with, uh, everything crossed, it goes awry very quickly. And, and it's a lot like, um, for people that I, it's, it's like Walking Dead in the sense that if you get even a little sputum, or, or saliva or blood on you from one of them, you're infected almost immediately. I mean, you're done. You're a goner. Right. Right. So not like the TV show Walking Dead. Right. No. Right. Right. They, they wade through the shit. Yeah, they no don't shit. get. Yeah. <laughs> they bathe in that shit. But, uh, but no. Yeah. So, so, uh, so it's cool, man. I, I don't, you know, I have, honestly have no idea if this book is selling. I doubt Avatar cares. All right. I mean, cause it's Alan Moore, but I don't know if, if you know, I don't know how long he plans on doing this. Is this like a six issue thing? Is he going to do this for a while? I think he said it's done when it's done. Yeah, so I'm I'm on board. I mean, um, I I again, it's it's it is what it is. It's it's crazy, and uh, but but I I dig the idea of Alan Moore getting a chance to play with this uh, post depraved world, and uh, uh, and so far so good. I I, I wouldn't I, I I presume Vince that uh, Gabriel Andrade is a, a recurring Avatar artist of some renown. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say I'm blown away by his art, but for the story, um, it's, it's perfectly fine. I, I certainly, it, it's not a, a turnoff for me. Um, uh, right. you know, I, I kind of put him in like the Russ Braun, like it, like boys kind of camp. Um, yeah, you know, N- not to disparage against the Avatar crew, but, uh, he's one of their top tier artists. Right, right. Yeah. And rightly so. If you're going to get somebody to work with Alan Moore, it better be one of your one of your big guns. Yeah. The uh, um, the, the double page, the Wolf Pack in the first issue is amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's just the thing. The the uh, the crossed are not the biggest threat, at least initially. Um, there are other predators in this series, but uh, surface gloss. I think Moore's decision to name his protagonist Future Taylor. I think that is an outstanding character name. That is a great name. Yeah, and they is. write it as Fuch, F-E-W-T-C-H, yep. when they're speaking. And, you know, it's just me, but whenever I hear Taylor, I think of Planet of the Apes. Uh-huh. And, you know, the, the, like the, uh, the trapped in a world he never made, like Howard, uh, that is entirely fitting to, uh, to little, little future. Cause she's looking for the past. Right, exactly. As was Taylor in uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. So no, it's just it's Alan Moore. Say no more, right? It, I I just think it's brilliant. Do, do you find it fascinating that uh, I don't know? I never thought I would see the day where Alan Moore putting out comics wasn't huge news. But I feel like That's, almost no. I mean, I don't. I I don't sense that this book has any buzz like whatsoever. I don't. I don't. I think we're. I, I haven't heard anyone else talk about it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Do you get that? I just don't, I get the sense like it's just not, people don't give a shit anymore, which just shocks me. Yeah. I think, uh, Avatar has their eye on the book trade with this. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, singles, it I don't think it charts very high, which is sad. And and I don't think uh, Providence is going to chart very high either. Just like Neonomicon, yeah. yeah, yeah, it wasn't a huge seller, but it is Alan Moore. It is comics' greatest writer. So I'm sure there there's going to be some kind of financial windfall from having an Alan Moore book on the stands, the collected edition. I mean, um, I don't know what their plan is. I mean, you can it, you can say a lot about Alan Moore. A lot of it's been said. I've been critical of him. I've, I've praised him, but. But, uh, the dude just does what he wants to do. He, 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 he's genuine about not caring about the, the, the commercial aspect of it. He has the perfect life. It, 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 for a writer to be able to pick your projects, um, for whatever reason, some people say he did, um, Neonomicon because he had a tax bill to pay. Whatever the case. But if you can go to a publisher and say, I would like to do this, and the publisher, to to uh the last one of them out there, I'm I'm thinking any publisher worth their salt would bend over backwards for Alan Moore, regardless of what he wanted to work on. That's the, that's living, man. For a creative individual, holy crap! Who? How many people see that? Yeah, no, there's, I know. There's not not a whole lot. Maybe Neil Gaiman can do that now. Um, and Morrison can do it. Too. I mean, there's a couple guys that can do it, but yeah. Okay. You don't think he can do it? I think Morrison can do what he wants. I think, yeah, I think Morrison can do it too, but more often than not, he shoots himself in the foot. Again, we're not, t- I didn't think you were talking about quality here. I thought you were talking right. about no, being able to no. do what you want. Yeah, yeah. which is true. It look, look at Happy. I mean, Warren Ellis does it, right? I mean, Warren Ellis kind of flits about. He does his own stuff. He goes to Mar- he, he There are certain guys, but, but, but that's what I'm amazed about. I feel like Warren Ellis and Morrison and, and Gaiman, they, they still get big run when they have something new. True. Uh, I mean, you know, Gaiman put out what, two issues of Sandman? It's like, was, you think the fucking first <laughs> opened up? It's, it's not, I think it was four. Has the fourth come out? I don't think it has. I think it's, well, it's not two. There's at least three, possibly four. Oh, okay. But I, like yourself, I've lost track of mm. it just because of the, the extended weight. Between issues, they should have known better. And a complete aside, but just a little bit of a of a of a jab I got to throw in. Uh, you know, I've I, I have been uh, probably a, a more consistent advocate for multiversity than you guys. I guess that's fair to yeah. say. Um, I I never. What a world we live in, where the Jim Lee issue is the is the is the most whack one. Yeah. Not surprising. It's it's so crazy to me. Talk about how times have changed. And I still, I sense I'm in the minority in saying that. I sense that Jim Lee, unlike Morris, is, is he, his, his, his presence on a book still is meaningful from a commercial perspective. But I'm not sure I understand why. I, I think his stuff looks so rigid and, and just so, so dated to me. I don't know. I just, uh, just. I, I struggle to wrap my head around Jim Lee because the line is not stayed the, the 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 quality of the line is not unexciting it's just like when he puts them all together that it just gets this i, I don't know it's like you said there's a stiffness to it his layouts are still fresh right like exactly it's this isn't a, a thing where i'm like looking at him like a cassidy or something and i'm questioning how the dude continues to get top books <laughs> like i look at jim lee and i'm like oh yeah i mean that's i could see why like there's a lot to like there i mean it's it's jim lee but it doesn't have that fire. I, I, it's almost exo- I can't. It's almost indefinable, though. I can't quite explain why his work leaves me cold. I, I wish I could explain it better. I think it's like runway modeling. 
Everything is too perfect. Too pretty. He, yeah. he, he draw, he draws men entirely too handsome. Every, I, I can understand drawing Wonder Woman to be a, a goddess. She should be. Mm-hmm. But every woman in the book is not, you know, um, in, everyone is entirely gorgeous. His Lois Lane is ravishing. His, that's like, an interesting even, perspective, but is it, I, I guess I, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I wonder if there's really, if I can get behind that, because he's not the only comic artist that draws every man and woman in the no, book. No, no, you're you're right, but it, it's just it's just rampant idealism, the, not idealism, uh, the idealized female and male form. Like, the, doesn't Terry Dotson do that? Doesn't Art Adams do that? I mean, Alan like, Davis. Alan Davis. Right? There's, yeah. but but, ah. when I, but when I look at Alan Davis, there's there's weight to it. There's life to it. I, there's the well, Alan Davis has the facial expressions, right? I mean, that's that's the thing he has, and and. Right. But the, uh, the Jim Lee stuff, it kind of looks, it, it's, it's very two dimensional. It's very flat on the page. That's <laughs> it, David. That's it right there. Cause, cause I, exactly that's it. It looks for, for as beautiful as it is and as well rendered, it, it doesn't have a, a vibrance to it. It doesn't no, have there's a no sense pop. of motion. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of it is in the coloring. I, I don't, I don't think that modern process coloring works well with Jim Lee. Mm. I, I would rather see flat color on his stuff. Huh. Could be. Yep. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I like, like his Uncanny X-Men stuff. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's... Me too, me too. I can... I mean, he threw my favorite Psylocke of all time, so... There you go. What you got, David? You got more. I know you do. Oh, on, man, son. what do I got? We are going into two pages of showing up. Um, this is good, though. It's early. It's so early. You, you need it tonight, didn't you? You said, I need tonight. I did. Well, I did. What, what else are we going to do but go watch uh, Empire? No, we're we'll watching that this weekend. So Two out of three. Uh, let's <laughs> see. I, uh, I finished Men of Wrath. Read, uh, read number four and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, did anybody else finish it? I did. What did you think? Now you tell me what you thought. I need you to talk. I, uh, I think it ended the only way it could end. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, it's... Um, it's, I mean, it, it, it was never going to be a, a happy ending story. It, it didn't start off, it did not start off happy. Uh, these are very, um, it, it was a little quick towards the end. Uh, I think it, I liked the ending, or at least I, I, I enjoyed the story. I, it's, there's not much to, to like as far as the characters where the story was going, but, um, when it started, it, it had a pace where, um, they kind of maybe had not all the time in the world, but they, they were taking their time. But then by the time we got to the fifth issue, speed wise, it, it ramped up a bit. And, uh, and which is fitting because there were some living on borrowed time type of people. Uh, so I'm, I'm okay with, with the rush in that regard. Um, it's, uh, you can't really get too comfortable with anybody in the story. Uh, Hell it, no. it was a, uh, you know, it, it, it was an us versus them. It was a Hatfields and McCoys type story. And, um, they, they're just nobody. Hatfields was the Hatfields maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, there was just, it, it's, um, the, it would, it, I think, you know, in this, in this time of, uh, in, in this era of, of 
Liam Neeson with a gun or John Wick or just it. It's the type of story that, that, that can be told in a 90 minute movie. Um, and, and you get to the end and, and that's it. You know, there's the, there's no sequel. You don't, this is, this is the story. This is the story of, of this life and, and, uh, and the end of, of this life. Garney's art, um, some pages was absolutely phenomenal and, and then there were some where, but, but it was again fitting for the characters. These are not, I mean, not, they are ugly inside and out. And I think, um, if, if I were to look at some of the pages, I'd say on another book that, that, that maybe Garney was rushed or, or, uh, just wanted to get to the next page, but because of the, uh, because of the story, because of the the environment and these characters, uh, it it was fitting. I was it, it was easier for me to overlook um, anything that I might uh, I'd have more scrutiny if 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 it was from you know Wolverine or 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 a Hulk issue. Um, I don't know how personal. I yes, there. Jason Aaron had his. Uh, had his back matter in the first issue. Um, you know, I, but I don't know how personal this story is compared to Southern Bastards or, uh, or Scalped or anything else he's written. If this was a story that, that he just wanted to tell, if this was a story that, uh, he and Ron Garney wanted to tell, uh, they succeeded. It, it's, it was, uh, it was rough, but in, in a, uh, I guess in a good way. I didn't read it. Shame on you. I should get, get that going, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, now that it's all done, I can read it in one, yes. one fell swoop. Yeah. yeah. And it'll help, it, it'll, th- th- that'll be a benefit because it is, it, it is a quick story. It's not, I, it doesn't, you're not going to finish it in five minutes, but it, it, the span of the story, it, it, I think it, it would benefit from a uh, from one solid chunk of of reading. Hmm. Yeah, no, I dug it. I, I think you. I don't really have much more to add. You you, you summed it up. I, I think it ended the way it had to end. Um, it's not a feel good story. It's it's it's. But it, it he gets in, he gets out, and uh, it was a ride, man. It was a real ride. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I wouldn't want to be in that world. No. <laughs> For you sure. know, speaking speaking of quick reads, are you guys all uh, still reading Zero or no? No. Hmm. David. No. I mean, I must say I'm not reading it, but I, I I'm admittedly quite a bit behind. Oh yes, yes, yeah, same here. Well, I just finished volume three, and uh, it's uh, issues I believe eleven to fourteen, about a half an hour to read the entire trade. Wow. So that's interesting because I mean I would say it's been a complex read up until that point right there there's there's a lot who's on our uh, i mean that is Vanessa in that series or is that before i think it's before um no um i the trade is upstairs so i i can't say but it's you know michael walsh is not on it there it's it's not um no, a lot Ray. no 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 uh i there's i believe uh Zanjic is on one issue, oh, but I, I, yeah, I don't want to say for sure. 
it was very strange because, like I said, it was unlike the previous two trades in that it wasn't really talky. Um, Edward is, um, well, let's just say something from the past going mm-hmm. all the way back to the first issue comes back to bite him on the ass. Um, he was still, he's still, um, away from, um, the organization. Um, don't want to get too far into it because uh, like you, you haven't read it, but it, um, there is a lot of bloodshed in, in this, these, these, uh, five issues. Right. A ton of bloodshed. There's a blowjob in it, which is always good. Always welcome. You were just all, a, you were all about the blowjob job comics, man. Yeah, seriously, seriously. And it's, it's, it's more explicit than, than usual for image. I mean, um, you, well, it's explicit. Um, Speaking I thought it was, it, oh, you're not, no, sorry. It was great though, because the, the, the fungus thing comes back into play. Um, there are resolutions with Sarah from, um, the last trade when, when Edward, uh, did something uncharacteristic unchar- and actually, um, helped her out, saved her life basically. So the, there's a resolution there. It's 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 crazy. I, I, Alesh Coat is on a totally different wavelength. I know you're not oh, feeling that's for it. Sure. I, 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 no, I, I know you're not feeling it on the Winter Soldier, but I think the Winter Soldier's great. I think it's so different and refreshingly so. It's it's not like all the other Marvel books. And, you know, he's straight up cray though. You realize that, right? <laughs> yes, straight yes, up. I do. Yeah, he like, is like straight up, like straight out of comp. He's out out of his mind. But. Very smart dude though. He's he's not batshit crazy. There's an intelligence behind it. Well, okay. yeah, I think you could be both intelligent and batshit crazy, but okay, fair enough. That's fair. No, I that, mean that's fair. Yeah, that's cool. But but he doesn't invest this volume with the uh, the amount of technical detail and 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 procedure and process with the organization as he did in the first two trades this is just basically about edward fleeing his past and coming to terms with a lot of it good stuff really good stuff yeah Yeah. well speaking of image we would be remiss if we didn't give credit to the best book that came out this week huh um you shouldn't have to think that hard well we talked about the best book last week i didn't get the The best book from image what was oh, wait, that? this week or, or last week, boo? He's talking about Descender. Okay, yeah. I thought he might have been talking about the Criminal Special Edition, but okay. Yeah, that's my Oh, no, no, that we can talk about too, but we, I gots to talk about Descender. Yes, gots we can. To, gots to, gots to. We absolutely wait, last can. week? I thought it was this week. Descender's this week. Criminal was last week. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Descender is, uh, December number one is the, uh, new creator-owned series by uh, our uh, God. It's been a long. It's been like five years since he's been on the show, by the way. But uh, but but multiple time guest uh, Jeff Lemire, and uh, on writing, he's he's just writing this one, and uh, art chores by Mister Dustin Wynn, who it's interesting because I believe even the solicits they pimp him as um, Lil Gotham, the creator yep. of Lil Gotham. Right. Uh-huh. And, and which is true. He is, but, but that is not the Dustin Wynn you're getting here. It's, it's no, not this. Look, and I don't want, I want to make sure people hear me, hear me right. I think the, the way he cartoons in Lil Gotham is awesome. Like it's, it's, it's perfect for that, for that book, which is a children's book. It's great. But I worry that 
people only view him that way. And, and I hope you're not going to not try to send her because of that. Cause this is a whole different type of thing. I mean, this is, this is a, a, a completely different art, artistic approach in every way. Um, but I was, I, I was blown away by this. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised cause it's, it, I just love Jeff's writing, but, uh, but I have to admit, I was a little worried that I had maybe overhyped it because I was very, very excited about it. I, I thought this was a, a call in your shot, knock it out of the park, grand slam of a first issue. Personally, did you guys don't go, don't go too deep into the story because, like I said, I didn't get it yet. Fuck it, I, I didn't. I, I didn't know what to expect. No, dude, you got it because we all get the image books. We each get the. Image I know, books. but I gotta read this shit on paper. He hates his PDF. Oh, all right. Well, then I'll, I'll just I, I, here's the. All right. I'm just gonna. I'll keep it. I'll keep it high level then. Yeah. It's a science just fiction. Some... It's a science fiction book set in the future, or or an alternate. It, it may not even be our our. our it's so I shouldn't even say the future, but it's it's a science fiction book. Is a a collection of of worlds, um, kind of like the I don't know, like the, the Federation for going back to the Nimoy Star Star Trek cling. There are nine planets that are allied. A bunch of uh, of different species are allied now. Uh, together and uh, I guess I, a lot together is redundant, so I shouldn't have said that. But um, <laughs> that's ridiculous, dude. Uh, I was thinking but, that as soon as you said it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just, at least I hey, called myself we, out on it. Um, even the best. On the, it's right. Uh, the planet uh, Nirata, and you are introduced to a world. Uh, it's it's a it's a, a, a very utopian world. Things seem like all is well. Uh, it's generally perceived to be peace among the different groups, and uh, an event happens um, where on all nine worlds that make up this, this federation, uh, a extraterrestrial entity shows up out of nowhere mm. and uh, and does something. I'm trying to keep it vague because it didn't do his homework. Um, then we're fast forwarded to 10 years later. And because of the actions of what happened with these extraterrestrial beings 10 years ago, the new status quo essentially involves the eradicate, the eradication of artificial intelligence. They no longer really, it, it, they, they've been wiped out for the most part. Um, but in a, a far flung moon mining co- a young boy named Tim 21 is awoken from a 10 year cryo sleep. And, uh, and he is, uh, wondering what's going on. Can't find his mom, can't find his bro, can't find his dog. Finds him soon enough. Well, some of them, um, his dog bandit is, it's a robot, but it's essentially a dog. It's a robotic dog. Um, and we come to realize that, uh, he is uh, in 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 some way that we're going to find out connected to the events that happened ten years ago. So there's clearly some kind of a time paradox here because how could someone be involved in something that happened a decade before they existed? But in, in essence, that's what we've been led to believe. Um, and uh, the first issue essentially ends with our young Timmy being put in a very precarious position by the powers that be. Um, Wynn's art is, uh, it, it's, it's, it's special. It, it, I, I, it, I don't know that it's, 
I haven't read how he did it, but it doesn't look digital to me. It, it looks like it's really, really tight pencils with watercolors. With watercolors, yeah. Um, yeah. Is that what you would think so too, David? I absolutely would, yeah. Yeah, like pencils and watercolors. It's, it's, uh, so it's got this ethereal flair. He's got super sharp, I mean, thin, like laser thin lines, but, but super sharp and tight, if it makes sense. And, uh, and, uh, it's, it's just great, man. He's built this, this beautiful futuristic world with, with characters and very, very imposing, uh, antagonists. And, uh, uh, and his rent, his rendering of Tim, in all, all of his many forms, wink, wink, uh, is a sight to behold. So I just, uh, again, if you're to map out what a first issue should be, I think Lemire hits it all. He, 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 he conveys to us that there's a long story to come. He conveys that he's built a, a, a new world of, of, uh, with a lot of thought as to the, the, what, uh, as to the, the, the types of people we're going to meet, the worlds we're going to meet. Um, but, he gives us a protagonist that's immediately likable with, uh, with, with a little bit of backstory to make us engage, but at the same time hint that there's a lot more to the backstory we don't yet know. Uh, I just, uh, again, no surprise. I think Jeff's one of the best writers in comics of his generation. I think this is, uh, this is going to easily rival the stuff like Essex County and Trillium that, and Sweet Tooth that have all been phenomenal. I think this is, uh, new territory for him in the sense that it's sci-fi and futuristic, but, uh, but I'm, I'm I'm elated for what's to come. Cool. Damn, shame wait. on you, Vince. Fucking I told you that you had. I I am set in my ways. I need paper, dude. But that is bullshit because you read so many comics digitally. Not the good ones. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. If I know, come on. If if I'm waiting for something, I will wait the extra time for the the paper because I want to experience it the way I think it should be. Well, at least one not of my booze did their back. homework. What did you think, David? Uh, you 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 set yourself up for Vince. I did. Okay, I did. Uh, I um I didn't know what to expect. I uh, I and, Other than and it'd be great. And uh, <laughs> to Vince's credit, I'm <laughs> I'm not a fan of of PDFs myself, especially when it comes to double page spreads, because because no matter what what reader you're you're using whether it's on the computer or you're using something on a tablet you're not going to get the lower page spreads on a pdf um so i i feel them on that front but the uh i i want to see what the finished product looks like i got i'll i'll go and get it from image digitally and i'll i'll wait to see what it looks like on paper but i don't know um how different the pdf is going to look from the finished version because there's there's some neon. There's some green going on here. I don't know if that's going to be toned down in the um, in the finished product. It's it's busy at first. I don't mean color wise or, or or visually. There there's a lot uh, as far as characters and and the world building. It's you you're immersed almost immediately, and uh, that had me swimming around a little bit. It, it it took me a minute to to get my footing, and then. Uh, as soon as we're introduced to someone, we're almost completely, um, that's, that's pushed to the back. We, we, we get to hang out with Tim for a few pages and then we find out that, uh, the character we met early on in the book, uh, like Jason said, it's been a decade. Um, 
he his his world has kind of uh done a 180 uh cuz i did even go back and when we're introduced to this doctor the uh his his abode is not so humble and and he is uh he is living on 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 high on the hog uh when we meet him 10 years later really not so much and it's uh i want to know more about him and 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 it's not something that i think the problems that happened in the past 10 years were kind of past that we don't really need to know where things kind of gone off the rails we we we, we can move forward now uh and that's fine there, there's obviously a lot um jeff put a lot of thought in in this and and it shows on every page and and dustin is matching it uh line for line and it that last page is killer that right there i i need the next issue right yes it is just a uh it's it's a fantastic first issue i i definitely um if i i because i am not big on previews or i wasn't and Something like this, I would have liked to have known was coming out a couple of months ago. I didn't know this was happening until you said something Monday and I grabbed the, uh, the review copy and I'm damn glad I read it, but it is, it's, it's, it's something that it, this, this is up there with, with an image first issue, like, like some of the others we've had recently, like the Southern Bastards, like, like, like the Copperhead, like, uh, like Deadly Class and Black Science, the, the, this is one of those image first issues that, um, th- this will be on the 11 o'clock or somewhere. No doubt. Cool. Oh, respect. Nice. Respect. And you don't need a boo on the inside track to get cheap comics. All you gotta do is go to discount comic book service, dcbservice.com, and you will reap massive rewards. Very inexpensive comics. Like I said, from Oni, the auteur, Sister Bambi number one, dollar ninety nine. Dynamite serving up the shadow, year one omnibus for a paltry fourteen ninety nine, and the valiant trade paperback, four dollars and ninety nine cents. I want to team up on my in your travels because I know you've all read this. David got the spreadsheet out pretty early in the year for his eleven o'clockers. <laughs> And I am, after this issue, I am going to do the same. This was published by Image. It uh, was issued in two different formats. You could get it in a standard comic size issue or uh, for a dollar more, I believe, or two dollars more, you can get it uh, magazine sized. And there's a reason why it was magazine sized, because it was designed to resemble the old Marvel Savage Sword of Conan magazine. Right down to the cover, the, the frontispiece, the, the contents page, uh, the, uh, they even do a riff on, uh, the no O prints that they used to introduce all the Conan stories with. There is a, uh, text piece and a map, uh, in this that, that mimic that. Um, it is the Savage Sword of Criminal uh, by um, – it's actually called the Criminal, the Special Edition one-shot. But it's made to look like an issue of Savage Sword of, of Conan for 
the reason that the book itself is a prop in the main storyline. Teague Lawless is in prison uh, for a traffic violation, of all things. And uh, unfortunately, uh, his incarceration makes him unable to do a job he promised to do. And while he's in, it's a running gag in the, in the, in the story. While he's in prison, he's reading this issue of Savage Sword of Criminal featuring Zangar the Savage. Basically, you know, a Conan takeoff. Uh, and the, the Zangar pages are done in black and white, uh, with faux aging yes. on the pages. Yeah. Um, each page looks modeled. Pitted, oh, pitted by, you know, acid and wear. And, um, so Teague is in prison and he's reading this and, uh, basically uses his original copy to kill someone. So he's got to get another one. And every time he gets another copy, the, the Zangar story picks up. Uh, but for the most part, it's Brubaker and Phillips doing what they do best in the criminal universe with a fantasy bent. Those are the interludes from the, the magazine. It, it is amazing. That goes without saying. It's Brew Baker and Phillips. But the, uh, the Zangar pages, Phillips draws some mean, naked women. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Zangar's wounded. Uh, he's being poisoned. And, uh, he runs into a priestess. And the, the name of her, uh, order is Ra Ra. <laughs> it's R-H-A dash H-R-A, but it's Ra Ra. And uh, in order for her to 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 cure what ails him, she's got to get naked. And one thing leads to another. Yeah, she, she ends up having, yeah, she ends up having sex with him. And it's this is a versatile artist that can draw contemporary prison life with with contemporary clothing and architecture and you know bric-a-brac and all manner of body types: big burly guys, little skinny old guys. And then they can switch it up. And jump into a fantasy setting in the same storyline, uh, flawlessly. It looks like an, an issue of, there's a Wally Wood, um, trend in the, the Savage Sword pages, but that is not a bad thing. You know, it, it, this, this issue was amazing. Going in the spreadsheet, favorite one shot for 2015. I don't think anything's going to eclipse it. So we'll see. What'd you guys think? It, uh, it probably was the um the second best comic from last week the the uh it was weird when i fir- when i opened up the first page because of the the size i i got a um a, a power of the atom vibe everybody looked kind of small to me so i just got everybody was a uh was 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 atom sized in in the savage story but it was a um what are you talking about the the, the characters they just look small so they look like Ray Palmer when he was in the Amazon jungle with his little. Oh, you mean with the giant crystals? Yes. Ah, yeah, yeah I guess you. So that's what I thought of, but it's a, it, it, it looks amazing. The, um, going from the, the, the yellow toned paper to, uh, to, to the criminal color pages. It, you know, it, it's a criminal story. The, the, the lawless clan, uh, there's no mistaking them and it, I don't, uh, I don't remember too many stories with, with Teague. So it's, it's nice getting a little bit of, uh, 
backstory with with dad and kind of where it all started um you know the, the dude is not lucky and uh it's <laughs> it's it, it really is a um it was it was something special i uh i, I would like to see the uh the magazine size version i i uh i'd like to flip through that but i thought i thought it was fantastic it's awesome there's a section in here where t gets dosed and he trips trips balls and uh yeah yeah Phillips does it, uh, switches up the style again, where you get a very clean line, but everything is stretched and, and, uh, yeah, colorful. Uh, yeah, uh, just ice, ice searing colors and it's, it's amazing. It really is. It is. And there's a faux dot pattern. Well, it's not a faux dot pattern because it's there. There's, there's a, a dot pattern on the, uh, the black and white pages. Ah, yes. Straight to the heart. Uh, in your travels, I have something, uh, that, alright, it, it, it's, it's not one super team, it's two super teams. What? Going up against a galactic threat. What are you talking about? This is, this is, the, the, these two teams have to, these two super groups are teaming up to take on a, a, uh, a being that can devour planets. Are you talking about that, Guardians? No, I am not. Wow, I gotta erase it now. <laughs> this is, this is written by Mr. Jeff Lemire. This features, Jason will love this, a Canadian super team teaming up with a group from the future. This is the Infinity yeah, Saga. Surprise me! I know where you're going with it, but I, I would have never. I didn't even know you were reading this. It is. It, it's Justice League United. It is absolutely blowing me away because it's it's uh it's penciled by Neil Edwards, and I can't believe it because wow, it's it's, it's inked. By this is not the Neil Edwards that uh, was was messing up Fantastic Four a few years ago. This is uh, <laughs> this uh, <laughs> this coming. is Neil Edwards with with inks by uh, Jay Lyston and Keith Champagne. So he's, he's Edwards is 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 definitely um, getting the assist here. The art looks amazing. Uh, Jeremy Cox is is your colorist. Uh, the the Infinite Saga starts in the Justice League United annual and, uh, and continues with issue six and, um, and it's a six, it's a six part story total. So issue nine is currently out. Issue 10 has not. So it hasn't finished, which is why it's my in your travel. So you can still get the, uh, read along with this. Um, we have the, I, haven't read I have not read any Justice League United, so I um aside from knowing that Martian Manhunter is is on this team, um I really didn't know anybody else. Uh the um now the annual starts off basically with Monel um threatening the Justice League, demanding that they hand over Ultra the alien and uh because this alien will will do bad things in the future. Um, 
but that scene happens at the end of issue five, which was beautifully illustrated by, uh, Timothy Green, who of course did the, um, Star-Lord mini with, with Annihilation years ago, um, who draws the Supergirl with Vince's favorite kind of breasts. But the, you read, read issue five and there's a takeoff on, on Wendigos, um, and then you get to the end, you get to the last page, and that leads right into uh, the annual. And then you move along. Um, Brainiac 5 is... is Lemire handles the Legion very well. He he has everybody's um, voice down. There are, um, you know, Legionnaires who I haven't seen in ages. Um, there's there's the roll call. There, there, there are the headshots on, mm-hmm. on, on the credits page for, for both teams. Um the Legion Lost shows up. I was nice. I almost squealed because the Cadre appear as 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 the bad guy group. So yeah, depending on which dictionary you use, it's either Cadre or Cadre. But I have not seen. Not that, that, that's that's how I say. It. But the <laughs> the, uh, the the um. I haven't seen these folks since Chuck Patton drew Justice League America when they were in Detroit back in the 80s. Damn. So I just, I was, yeah. this is, uh, yeah, th- this is a pretty fun, fun little story. The, uh, Hawkman, I, this is a spoiler, I guess Hawkman was dead. He's alive again. Thanks to, um, thank, th- thanks to the nth metal, but also with, um, <laughs> the, uh, Biff. Is involved. There's just Green Arrow is uh, is like team leader. There's something funky going on with Adam, uh, Adam Strange and, and Alana, where uh, at with no notice whatsoever, they just switch places. Whether one's on Earth and the other's on Rand, and then they just you know, um, Alana could be could, could have a gun pointed at um, at Monel, and then she disappears, and in her place is Adam who is holding a glass of wine and, and it's just, it, that's not going to hurt. No, not at all, but it, there's uh you have all the things that can, but it's, um, it's, it's pretty wild, man. I, I, I big thanks to, uh, to Derek Howard for, uh, cluing me in on this event on, on, on this, uh, on this arc. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's great. I have all the issues. I read the annual and stopped because I realized that it was going to be lost on me if I tried to read it every month. So I'm letting them stack up yeah. and I was going to re- read it when it's all finished. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm no, I've been buying the- I have to say I am floored because you hinted that it would be something that took us all by surprise. But I yeah, I have to say you actually are right. It, <laughs> I would have never thought. Yeah. Wow. Oh, sweet. All right. So we'll see. Neil of- Edwards thing is the part I'm not, I got to see to believe. I, I, no, it's good. It is. Yeah. It's baffling. So me. when, all right. So, so we'll circle back when, when we all finish it. Yeah. Cause that, that, that bewilders me, but I'm, it, I, I'm serious. I had to keep going back. I'm like, fucking really? Neil Edwards? Well, yeah, cool. It's, it's tasty. And it's the Legion. Thank God they're bringing the Legion back. And it's Lemire doing it too. I mean, that's what's. Thanks. Thank Yahweh. <sighs> Kirby. Thank Kirby. Nice. Uh, so, uh, I got two in your travels. What? Dude, I had so much to talk about tonight, and I'm already skipping the thing I most wanted to talk about, and I'll save it for next week. But, uh, so, first one is from Marvel. Uh, it is the first arc, issues one through five, of, uh, Cyclops. 
by uh, written by Mr. Greg Rucka, with Beautimus art by Mr. Russell Dowderman. Yes. Um, it, it's a pretty simple thing here. Uh, this is the the young Cyclops brought from the past into our present uh, in Bendis's all new X Men. Thanks, Hank. Yep. He's uh, kind of had it with everything. He's been overwhelmed by living in the current era and uh, seeing what a dick he's become and uh, the fact that his love of his life is dead. And, you know, he's got the whole thing. He's just got issues. So he comes to find out that, uh, as we all know, as longtime Marvel readers, his dad, Corsair of the Star Jammers, is, is alive and well. Because, um, uh, again, from his perspective, even just a few weeks ago, he, he thought his dad had died. So he hooks up with Corsair in space, and he goes off, he leaves Earth to hang out with his dad and get to know him, because he's had enough of the craziness of going on on Earth. And, uh, you know, no surprise, Rucka, uh, Rucka does a great job here. Rucka understands characterization, and, um, he, I, I, this is the most likable Cyclops we've seen in a long time. Um... He's a kid. He's he's still idealistic. He's still good natured. He isn't jaded. Uh, he um, is just thrilled to have his dad back in his life. And you know, Corsair is a you know he's a bachelor. He's a pimp. He's uh, banging out Hepzibah in this book. Yeah, and, uh, who's drawn super sexy by Dowderman. Yeah, um, and uh, it's just great. It's nice to see the Star Jammers. You got Shad. You got Sikorsky. I mean, it's it's. Uh, uh, it all just feels very comfortable, and uh, they they go on space adventures. That's basically the first arc. They they uh, you know Corsair is reluctant at first because he doesn't know how to be a dad. He's never been a dad, but he realizes that uh, he 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 kind of screwed up the first go around. So he's going to take this opportunity to try and make right what he didn't get right with with the present day Scott, and uh, and away we go. So uh, but but. And then underlying all this is the fact that that uh, there's something driving Corsair's uh, sentimentality um, beyond beyond the, the the simple fact that he's he's been presented with a younger version of his son. He's 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 got something occurring with him that that leads him to uh, appreciate uh, living in the now. Let's say so. Uh, yeah, I mean the first uh, first arc takes us through that gelling of this relationship, and it introduces us to a. Uh, a mystery and then away they go onto the adventures. So, uh, highly recommend it. Now, if I'm not, I, I didn't double check, but I'm pretty sure just based on my memory of the solicits that Dowderman doesn't stick on the book because he goes on to Thor. So, right. So by, by that, he, he, I don't, I don't and know. I who think, takes... And Rucka leaves too, doesn't he? Oh, he does. I will. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Keep talking. I'll find out. Okay. Um, the other book I wanted to shout out was another image book. We're image heavy to, tonight. Hi, Ron. Um, and, uh, this is, uh, the white suits. Um, I have been a fan of Mr. Toby Cypress's art for some time. Um, chatted him up on the, the social media of late and, uh, he did an awesome Medusa for me when he was, he was doing commissions, uh, based on, uh, during Kirby's birthday week and he did a great uh, Medusa for me. So I have, uh, I, I follow his art dealer online and, and so I, I saw the pages to white suits before I had read the comic and uh, the trade made its way into one of my shipments recently. So I gave it a whirl. Um, it's written by Frank Barbieri, a, uh, a, a one of Vince's uh, Vince is a big fan of Frank from five ghosts. Uh, it is essentially a story of uh, the white suits are a group of bad ass 
cr- criminals within the Russian, uh, the, the, this is the Cold War and within the Russian, um, underground crime world. They, they, they kind of run roughshod through that. And, uh, in some ways they, they, they reminded me of, um, of the Minutemen from 100 Bullets. Uh, okay. This, this collection of, of badasses that they, they, their commonality is that they wear white suits and they're allied together, but they're just all badass killers. And, uh, and they, they foment a lot of unrest within the Soviet, uh, Cold War political structure. Uh, and then suddenly they disappear. And, uh, the Cold War ends and they disappear and they're never to be seen again until, dun, 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 we, we see them reappear in the modern United States. And, uh, we, we come to find out over the course of this, this collected edition, uh, the, the history of the white suits, how they came to be, what their, what their purpose was, and then what they're doing back now, uh, uh, seemingly alive and well out of, out of, out of hiding, uh, in the United States. And, um, it's, it's layered with a protagonist named Sarah, who is an FBI agent, Sarah Anderson, whose father has ties to the white suits as well as the, uh, Cold War, um, through the State Department. And, uh, she's motivated to, uh, she's devoted her life to justice, uh, and, and, and solving, uh, you know, un- uncovering secrets because of what happened to her father. And so she gets embroiled into the modern incarnation of the white suits. And, uh, it, uh, it all ends, I think, quite satisfactorily, quite satisfactorily in the, uh, in the end of this trade here. Um, the the first few issues are not drawn by, or I should say, the first few story pages are not drawn by Toby. Uh, they're drawn by two other artists, which I understand were, um, I believe they were put in Dark Horse Presents. Uh, and then um, Frank, in his afterward, talks about having always been a fan of Toby's, and then having met him, and then they collaborated on doing the the the, the meaty part of this book. So uh, it was quite quite fun and. Uh, Again, if you like espionage, then uh, this should be right up your alley. I would say that uh, while I certainly did enjoy the story, to me, the art is the star here. Uh, Toby is just uh, on another level. He's he's essentially working with a black and white palette with flashes of red. And uh, those pops of red uh, make all the difference in the world uh, when used in such a reserved way. So... Um, Huge fan of this. It's a very modern pop art style to the book. Uh, I would say it's it's evocative in some ways to a, a rougher, uh, more loose Paul Pope, or uh, maybe a more modern contemporary would be Andrew McLean, um, or uh, maybe um, uh, uh, Huddleston from, from when he was doing um, what's that book that we love, David? Uh, uh, that uh, Butcher Baker. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah. So, so that, that kind of visual, uh, only in black and white with red. So, uh, what's black and white and red all over? The whites. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> uh, I've been following Toby Cypress for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Killing Girl. Have you seen his Rod Racer? Yes. You, yeah. Um, uh, Blue Estate. I mean, I love the guy's stuff. Yeah, he's great. And yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on this. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Greg Rucka left Cyclops at number five. Okay. John Lehman became your writer. Oh, okay. He's good. And uh, Dowderman left with issue three. Carmen Carnero drew four and five. And it looks like Javier Garon has been your artist since. 
Well, two things on that. The the uh, Carnero fella, I have to admit, I didn't I didn't notice much of a change in four okay. and five in this trade. So he he's got the goods because because I didn't uh, I, I did I honestly I did not no- notice that Darderman had left the book. Um, but I will say, as much as I love Layman, he's a much different writer than than Rucka. So uh, I I cannot endorse six and beyond until I've read it. So sure. But one through five was dope. Dope. Cool beans. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us once again. As usual, you can find next week's episode in the same corner of the Internet you found this one. Join us, please, because David will be heartbroken if you do not. Yeah. He loves you. Yeah. He lo- Stop. He loves you so much. He's true. Crazy. And if you love us, tell one of your friends to give us a listen. And while you're at it, drop us an iTunes review. We can always use one of them. That's fun. Or a Stitcher um, review. Yeah, or Stitcher. What else we got going on? Twitter. Uh, we got the Facebooks and the Twitters. Yeah, and join the, us on the Facebooks. The Facebooks, uh, 11 O'Clock Comics is a group. If you're not a member, you can just ask to be a member. We'll happily accept you as long as you're not a spam bot. Yeah. Uh, we've got the Twitter. Stop by our, our forum, too. 11oClockComics.com. That's where it's at. D- uh, Vince is uh, on the Twitters occasionally. Not even really, though. You're almost never on Twitter anymore. At Vince Bond. <clears throat> Vince B-O-N. What's well, true, right? Are you, you don't seem like you're on Twitter very much anymore. More than usual now. Okay. Because, because I've been cross-pollinating. Oh, gotcha. With, that with, is with true, the Facebook yes. And, yeah. David yeah. is on Twitter as David A. Price. And I am on Twitter as J J A Y B Wood. So uh yeah, hook it up. <laughs> we'll see you next week, people. Say goodnight, David. Good night, David. So perfect. So perfect. Amazing.